feel about me calling you a quiet boy? Quiet boy. I am a quiet boy. <laughs> you are a quiet, I am a quiet boy. boy. I put the microphone in front of you and I try to like take the feet away from it. And that's just that's just because uh, I'm a loud boy. And I need the soft spoken, gentle nature to tap. I don't know. <laughs> no, not, not old people. You're not that much older. You're not that much older than me. That's that's I turned I just turned twenty eight last week. How's that feel? I thought I was turning 29. <laughs> I'm gonna level with you. I thought the entire time. I thought the entire time that I was 28. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to turn 29. And I was like, it's like my mom was just like, no, you're turning 28, you fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I've been oh, like okay. That before too. I was like, I, I forgot. It doesn't matter. Age yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't, really <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I I constantly think I'm on the verge of 40 now. Like nonstop, just I'm forty years old. I'm How old are old. you? Thirty-seven. You're thirty-seven. You're nowhere near forty. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've been forty since I've been thirty-five. So yeah. That's true. You have been saying that for as long as I've known you. You're like, oh, I'm a forty-year-old. <laughs> like forty years old. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's true. So we j- literally, like five minutes ago, just got done watching Mandy. Which I was telling you was like my favorite fucking movie of the year that 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 movie came out, and I remember seeing it in a theater with a they they told everyone like it's only airing this one night you have to come you have to drive forty fucking minutes to this tiny theater in the outside Philadelphia, and it was completely sold out. I snagged two tickets. It was it was reserved seating. I think I bought them like thirty days in advance because yeah. I was like I need to see this fucking movie. I was looking forward to it. And I show up, and, and like I said, the, the entire audience was like, you know, everyone was wearing all black. They all had piercings. They smelled like weed. Like, everyone, it was a perfect audience for a movie like that. And I could tell from, like, the smile on your face from, like, five minutes into the movie, I was like, you're going to like this. You're like, you're like, oh, the synth soundtrack. I'm like, yeah, the synth soundtrack. Yeah. The old retro wave soundtrack on it, yeah. I love that movie. I, I love it. I think I think I love it because of its simplicity. Yeah. It doesn't try to do anything outside of its realm of understanding. It literally it knows what it wants to do and it fucking does it and it does it with like a precision yeah. that I don't think like the, the the thing I compared it to when we were just talking was drive. Like that was one of the only things I could compare it to because it's like Retro 80s soundtrack, you know, brutal revenge thriller of some kind, but like, you know, a, a guy, a normal guy yeah. who's just brought to his end because of someone fucking around with someone he cares about, you know, like we, we have the same idea, we run into the same type of uh, pacing, you know, we meet the bad guys, we see why they're bad, all this, all this shit. And like movies like that don't 
exist anymore. No. Movies that capture that kind of, I don't know, something about like 80s. It's something about like the 80s and the way that movies were made back then is so different than like the poppy, glammy, like bullshit that we seem to get in theaters now. Like the movies they see now, they try to hide. They're trying to hide something. Movies are always trying to hide something. They're trying to hide the big... Uh, they're trying to hide the killer. They're trying to hide, you know, the big twist in the movie yeah. all the time. In the eighties, I feel like all those movies, like you knew up front that guy's good, that guy's bad, and you're literally just watching them Deep smash enough. into each other the entire movie. There's right. no hiding it anymore. Like there's no, especially when you, when you first notice a movie within, you know, fifteen twenty minutes of the movie. That's your bad guy. That's your bad guy, and you're just watching. You know they're gonna collide at some point, and that's how almost every. That summarizes like was. every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It, it's ever made, I mean, almost. it's it is. I mean, it's it's, which is funny when you see like a like a Bill Duke reference, like a yeah, when he pops up in yeah. Mandy. Because it's really what you it think is. about it's Predator. Like, I mean, it, it is. It's a horror movie where you know who the villain is. You know they're going to smash into each other at some. Well, point. Well, that's that's even the cooler part is that like Predator is also one of the best fucking movies ever made because it's just like. All right, here we are. It's you just saw Commando. Yeah. Arnold Arnold is fresh off of Commando. We already know this shit. They're you know they're down in the fucking Amazon, you know, raiding, you know, drug dealers and and they're doing all the 80s shit. They're they're okay. spouting the oh, one-liners. Yeah. They're blowing up yep. a bunch of Cubans like yep. it's crazy. And then and then they hit you with that hard sci-fi right hook. Yeah. And that's time. what and that's what gets you yeah, into that movie full gear because then they start coming apart. Yeah. Then you start taking apart those 80s macho stereotypes, yeah. you know. Billy Billy fucking kills himself thinking he's doing something noble. It's like, "No. Yeah. Do not go toe to toe with the fucking predator." <laughs> they were all such good movies. They really were for for how campy they are when you look back at it. They are for their time period, they but were even at the same time, the same director did sure. Die Hard. Yeah, you know, it's like another one of the best movies ever fucking made. Sure, and it's just like there was there was a way about how movies were made like thirty years ago that just doesn't happen anymore. Especially and I creature and I features. think that's oh creature, creature features. features are just at a whole different planet. I mean, we you can consider we get some weird shit now with creature features. Yeah. Like there almost seems to like. I uh, I recently rewatched uh, Splice, yeah. the Adrian Brody. Yeah. Uh, it's, you you want to know the twist to Splice, folks? He wants to fuck it. That's, that's the it. twist. That's <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a movie trying to have sex with it. Movie it's so out. weird. Yeah. Like I don't know. I think like I think we have our heads up our asses too much. Like genuinely, if I were to say like one of my favorite like creature feature like sci fi's of the last couple years. Annihilation, yeah, the the female led yeah. uh, movie by the guy who did like Dread and uh, Ex Machina. Yep, uh, I always forget his name, but he's a wonderful filmmaker. Um, he Alex Garland remembered uh, Garland. He he deserves a lot more credit too because he focuses on the same amount of like precision, context, like setting up. You know. Uh, He'll say something in the beginning of the movie, you know, that's going to come back and be referenced much, much later. Like, just very tight writing, yep. wonderful acting. Like, I don't know, like, you could watch the, the Star Wars prequels and you could tell me, like, to my face that Natalie Portman is a terrible actress. Yep. And I'd be like, yeah, I agree with you. But then when you watch something like Black Swan or, like, yep. Annihilation and you're like, man, Natalie Portman is a wonderful actress. And I'll be like, yeah, I agree with you. So, like, it's sure. really tough. You know, to judge things sometimes. It's a difference when you see, like, especially with, like, we're talking about creature features and what you see now. 
compared to what in the city. Everything in the 80s was done in a, such a, like, a personal way. Uh, and what I mean by that is all the the creatures were something that was potentially, you know, closer to human size. Everything was smaller done. It was actually like something that could almost be next to you sitting to you all the time. Whereas now, yeah, and now you get everything that you see Not just effects, but like budget wise. You get stuff like Cloverfield where everything's just blown out like size wise and shit like everything's just big. I love that movie, but you're absolutely correct. And we've made those movies like, made movies like, you know, Predator and The Thing so nice was that these things are literally like, I don't know, they're things that are literally just can possibly be sitting right next to you the entire time. and They're literally in your lap and no human size. There's nothing scary about them. They're literally just better than you are. They're better than you are at what you are. You know? Hot button, hot button reaction. I'm gonna reveal something to you. Apparently, um, the author of uh, Who Goes There, the original like 1920s like book that yes. inspired, um, they found like a offshoot manuscript called Frozen Hell, and apparently Universal is like making it. I heard that. I heard you actually that. did yeah, hear about I that. Heard okay. That. Oh yeah. I, heard uh, that. I wanted. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get your reaction. Do you oh, yeah. think they learned from their problems in 2011? No. After, after the thing sucked. No. I, I wouldn't not. say sucked. I would say the 2011 one meant well, and then a lot of studio interference kind of set it back a whole bunch. I feel like when you when you have a movie, especially something like that, uh, like something with the thing. The thing is such a revered community to itself. It's such a market in its own right compared to... Yeah. You know, that's so really... I really can't compare it to like any can't. other movie in existence. So you can't... When you're when you're looking at fans-wise, who are you trying to make this movie for? You're trying to make the movies for fans that are, you know, most likely have never seen the original movie, realistically. It's so tough. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to say, like, try to keep those different fan bases happy, so... I I still can't imagine, unless they make it super low budget, almost like an indie movie, and let them have it out that effects, way. Yeah. yeah, and let do it that way. It's like to I almost off. have to argue. Like, do they need to be broke? Like, do they yeah. need to be broke making I'm, this I'm movie? Because really because do. Carpenter was yeah. Carpenter was broke as fuck making the thing. He yeah. he was at his wits end. You know, everyone knows the the melted plastic and bubble gum. Yeah. Fun fact, like yeah. like. They they were working with a shoestring budget, man. Like that argues that like, man, maybe Halloween was so good because they didn't have everything at their disposal. They were working with what they had yeah. and they were doing the best they could with it. And maybe that's why it's so good. Like look at Jaws, you know, like that is that is one of the biggest fuck ups in like Hollywood history and yet one of the most revered yep. thrillers of all time. Sure. Like I don't know, man. Like, Disaster stories of the shark working in the ocean itself. The stories that Spielberg talks about just working in water. Yeah. It just says it's the, it's the just, worst thing that just could don't. possibly happen. Just don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Just don't do and it. Yet, and yet that movie goes down in history as like one of the most horrifying and one of the best. You know, like it's sure. it's so tough to argue these types of things. But like there are there are glimmers and that's why I think we, we gravitate to things like Stranger Things or to things like Haunting of Hill House. You know, like... Just to give Netflix a pat on the back for what I'm going to talk about next is just like those things are looking at what we enjoyed about like horror and what we enjoyed about like 80s aesthetic or like older aesthetic. And it's just like I couldn't get it out of my head all watching Hill House that it felt almost pacing wise completely like it. Yeah. It really you're does. switching. You're switching twenty seven yeah. like years in the past, yeah. future, past, yeah. future. You're learning things yeah. about the characters in the past that you didn't know when they were adults. Like, for the life of me, I'm just like, 
this is a better adaptation of it than the one we just got. I mean, honestly, it is. It tells the better the backstories are better. They're Phenomenal. thought out. Yeah, they give they give an hour to each fucking character, yep. and then the last five episodes are all the five characters interacting with each other. It's yep. just it's just perfect setup. Yeah, and then I think Stranger Things deserves a shout out because it's like it's like I don't I don't know like a single person who like didn't watch that show and didn't like it or like just didn't find it charming you know like it's it's one of those things where like all the stars aligned all the right people came to the project at the same time and it's not like it gets flashy sometimes but for the most part you watch those first couple episodes it's like this is a really cool like kind of Stephen King adaptation like that's a little bit all over the place and that's what it like uses to work to its best you can take a movie or a TV show and have three different people sit in the same room and watch the same TV show and have a different experience of the TV show. You could have a sure. kid that watches the movie basically just looking at it as almost like a teen kind of drama. You, know, you could have a person watching it for what it is like as a creature feature. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can have somebody just watching it as more of like a sci-fi aspect or something like that. Like you can have mm-hmm. three different aspects of somebody watching that TV show and take different things out of what they're watching it for. So it's rare that you ever see a TV show be able to cover... Almost an entire family sitting down to watch a television show. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and there's no one like, literally like, there's, there's always somebody that's like, oh, well, we're, like, I don't want to watch something else. But literally, you can put that TV show on your entire family, your mom, dad, brothers and sisters, and, 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 and that is that is definitely in part to the wonderful cast because it's like you you have competent young actors and you have competent older actors who sure. have their own roots in in their own like history related to like '80s media, like. I don't know if I've seen Winona Ryder act that well in her entire fucking life. No. But there she is. Um, I wanted to talk about something that I've been absolutely fucking obsessed with. Um, unless you wanted to get, say anything else about Mandy. No, Other than that, that, it was really fucking good. It's really fucking good. I mean, it's, it's, it's a homage to horror done in a way where it's done with practical effects it's done with great lighting it's done with a great old soundtrack not even old soundtrack but it's just it's done with music and sound that carries the movie along with it it's in the back you hear it but all it does is just propel everything you're watching Mm -hmm. forward that's what a good music soundtrack does there's not anything that takes away. It's it doesn't not take flashing. you out of the movie. Exactly. Well, it just takes whatever you're watching and just propels it at your it face. It is very purposeful. Yeah. It's very purposeful. I feel like uh, Mandy. Mandy is the closest to what I'd consider like art house horror. Like, 100%. there's 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 some shit in there that is just like it's it's so beyond horror because it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, at the same time, oh man, it's just, it's one of my favorite movies. It's so fucking good. It is really good. Um, I've been obsessed. I'm on my third uh, watch of uh, Hannibal. Yeah. And it's, it's like in the same statement, I'm saying like, there's a fine line between like good TV and like art. Yeah. And some of that show is like art, man. I've said it all on the show before. Hannibal is my favorite TV show ever. Oh, you've said that? Yeah. I feel like I don't remember that is my that that is my favorite television show that I've ever watched. Period. I I believe there's there's another person on the show who who loves that and it's Gestalt. I haven't had him on in a while, but he he told me a while ago that if he were to ever make a TV show, it would be a lot like like an original version of like Hannibal, like not based on Hannibal Lecter, but like a show about like a serial killer, you know, who who kills people in like really interesting and artistic ways. 
And it's just like so much of that show is just so well crafted. Like the acting yeah. out of everyone. Like like you will never be able to convince me ever that Anthony Hopkins is a better collector than Mads Mickelson. It, it is not, not even close. close. It's not even close. And I think I think the biggest thing that made me realize that was kind of like Anthony Hopkins plays the boogeyman. Yeah. He plays someone unrealistic to purposefully creep you sure. out. Yeah. No one actually acts that way. What makes a good serial killer yeah. a serial killer is because you don't think they're a serial yeah, killer. I'm assuming. You look you take one fucking look at Anthony Hopkins sure. behind that glass yeah. and you're like, oh, this guy eats people. <laughs> like, yeah. like you take a look at his unblinking eyes and hello, Clarice. Like yeah. like no, it's it's night and day. Yeah. You look at Mads Mickelson, yeah. and he just looks like a, a snooty fucking sure. psychiatrist. Yeah. And then you hear the words out of his mouth, and you're like, okay, so he knows what he's talking about, but this yeah. guy still looks full of shit. Yeah. And then like, and then he fucking snaps your neck and eats your fucking lungs. Like yeah. it's it is amazing. It really is. His fun. performance in that show is one of the best I have like ever seen. I'd also say Hugh Dancy, yeah. who plays Will Graham is also one of the best performers in, in, in one of the best roles I've the, ever the seen. The way they like, do Hugh the Dancy's psychosis is, like, fantastic. Oh, yeah. It, it's fantastic. Oh, just, yeah. And then they do it with Mads. I mean, the best part about Mads, especially when you compare him to Anthony Hopkins, is that, you know, as much as we were talking about, like, Anthony Hopkins is made to almost be a monster. Like, it's not... Very much. Not in a way where, like... Uh, in the way we're talking about like a human, but we're actually talking about we're like he's made to be a Dracula figure, he's made to be a Frankenstein figure. And this person does not exist in real life. Exactly. And we were talking we were just literally just talking about creature features and how yep. the most I'm assuming and is the person that can potentially be sitting next to you. That is a hundred percent what That's the fear. Mads, that, that is the fear of it. And that's what makes him so good and that's what makes Mads. Mads so is good Mads is uh he he performs the you know, the machinations of a calculated mind just so effortlessly. Yeah. He is he is a pleasure to watch. Yeah. And I, I know I brought up Valhalla Rising earlier yeah. and I was even talking to my buddy about Casino Royale the other day. Like, he's like, Mads Mikkelsen deserves so much more than whatever he's been given. Like, yeah. he, even he couldn't make that Clash of the Titans remake good, but he is easily the best part about yeah. it. And you're just like he just, he he needs to be in more shit. He needs to play he like he should have played Baron Zemo. You know, like, like he should have yeah. played. I just freaked out. You know who he should fucking play for the MCU? Doctor Fucking Doom. That would be really good. That is the best casting I've ever had in my life. That'd be really good. Yo, could you really imagine good. him as no, Victor Von Doom? That'd be perfect. It was a, oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. Marvel, call me. Mads Mikkelsen for Victor Von Doom. I'm ready. I'm ready to get credit for that shit. <laughs> Seriously, he, he plays he plays like an egomaniac with with like without even coming off as it. Sure. You know, it almost like, comes off as curiosity. That's just the best part about it. Like, everything really he does, does. Like, yeah, everything he does just Very comes up as like a Will Will yeah. Graham is I I'm I I just wanted to see what your reaction would be like. Yeah, it really is. He knows, <laughs> you know, like, he knows the best part about it, he knows that well, he is like... Well, why did you call Garrett yeah. Jacob Hobbs? I was interested to see what he would do. Yeah, just curiosity. Like, he curious. knows it's bad. He knows it's madness. 
But he's just, it's curious. He's oh, awesome. it's so wonderful. I could really gush cool. about that show, man. And we have. We've, we just gushed. I, I like, I literally just finished season three again. Yeah. And there are all these new rumors about, about, about Netflix picked picking it up. Yeah. And I just, like, I want it to happen so badly. Like, apparently, like, the, the rights holders are, are given the green light. Yeah. All the actors want to come back. Yeah. Lawrence uh, Fishburne, Hugh Dancy, Mads. Yeah. They all want to come back. And the only thing stopping them is, like, the phone just isn't ringing. Yeah, no one just pick it up. And no I'm just it. like... Yeah, every time. Especially Best fucking show. Especially <laughs> where, where they are now in the story is, is, Silence is, of the is where everybody wanted it to be. Right. And that's, and that's They are stops. catching up to Silence of the yeah. Lambs. And um, I've never read the books. I'm not going to pretend mm-hmm. to have been someone who read, um, what was the first one called? Um, Man, uh, Manhunter. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm not going to pretend that, yeah. I, that I read the books. I, my dad showed me Silence of the Lambs when I was like 12. I liked it. Um, I watched the kind of okay Hannibal yeah. origin movie when I was in high school. Oh, honestly, the best the best movie movie that is based off Hannibal Lecter's character is not even a Hannibal Lecter movie. It's Red Dragon. Red, Red Dragon, Dragon with Ralph far, yeah, yeah. It's by far the best movie into that series. By far. And it has very little to do with him. Yeah. Um, I, mm, I have to give that a rewatch, honestly, because I just finished season three again. Yeah. And the entire time I'm like, was Red Dragon this good? Because I feel like the show is doing Red Dragon real good. Yeah. But I don't remember liking the movie that much. The movie's good. Ralph Fiennes in that movie's... Well, Ralph Fiennes is an amazing yeah. fucking actor. But he's a, he's I a, mean, he's a monster. That who movie. they got for the show yeah. is the guy who played like a Thor and Oakenshield yeah. in, in the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. He, he plays uh, uh, Dollar Hyde. Uh, Francis in in the Hannibal show, and I think he's a wonderful yeah. actor. Um, so you know they get him, and and for me he he blew that role out of the water. And you know now I'm gonna get to go back and watch fucking Voldemort do it, and it's gonna be like oh <laughs> like, hey, honestly it's 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 a little. And doesn't Ed Norton play yeah. Will Graham? Yeah. How is that a good performance or is that like a like a phone? It's game? not in the same fashion as. Uh... Hugh Dancy does, but it, sure. the way it is done is uh, more procedural. He does it in like a really like super smart procedural way, and uh, Ralph Fiennes is just so over the top batshit in that movie. Yeah, that, I remember. Like, it's, I remember it's the howling. A, it's he almost yeah. A it's almost a mix of like um, it's basically like Psycho. Yeah. Mixed with, you know, Silence of the Lambs. That's the way he's, yeah. like, kind of, like, describe his characters. Like, you know, a little bit of, like, Anthony Perkins and a little bit of fucking... I think that's know, a good comparison, You know actually. what I mean? And it's just... I think it's, it's a just, good But it's more taking that character, like, Anthony Perkins, like, and just kind of just, like, taking it, just kind of letting him shoot with it you know, a little bit more, but... Does, does Edward Norton's Will Graham have a good relationship with Dr. Lecter? They talk, in, yeah. In, I mean, yeah, movie? it's it's a, like... Because I think that's, that's honestly, like, that's the heart. Of, yeah. of the show is yeah. Will's relationship with Hannibal and I feel like that's what makes the Red Dragon arc yeah. so fucking interesting is like yeah. you know they go through all this shit together they finally capture him and Will wants to start a new life and he gets called back into this shit yeah. and he has to go back to Hannibal tail between the legs like I need your help well, he, like, <laughs> I mean, he, kept, he helps him catch 
Yeah. That's how he catches. He know, gets yeah, it. That's how he gets But he but hit, then, does it with... But then Lecter also gets loose. Yeah, <laughs> like, except for the, yeah exactly. Okay, so, I need to go back and watch Red Dragon because yeah, I'm, I'm not giving it nearly as much, enough credit, apparently. Um, you know, Silence of the Lambs is good. The Hannibal origin movie is okay. I don't... Was there another one? No, there was... Well, there was Hannibal, there's Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon, and then there was Hannibal origin. I didn't watch Hannibal origin. I've never seen that movie. The origins one where he's like just a little, like a, a little kid living in fucking yeah, Spain or I've whatever. That. It I was no it was okay. I saw yeah. that in theaters when I was like in high school. Yeah. It is, I remember being like, oh, this explains why he's so fucked up when he's older. But like at the same time, yeah. I was like, did we really need to see this though? Because yeah. like he does enough fucked up shit when he's older. Like it's a weird movie for me. I don't. I, I just didn't feel like it fit anywhere. So I didn't really want to watch it. I don't know because I well, felt like the trilogy. The well, trilogy because when you explain a monster, itself. you ruin a monster. Exactly. When you explain a monster, you ruin a monster. So I can actually, I can absolutely see your like adherence to wanting to stay away from it. Sure. But like at the same time, like Doctor Lecter is a very, in my in my opinion, a very real like threat. You know, like we were talking about how like organic, you know, things in the eighties were. Like I think someone like Doctor Lecter could exist. You know, some someone has you know ultimately well, sure. we've, we've had tons of serial killers who's probably drawn from that uh, and it's like when when you look at that and when you analyze it it's just like not only not only can this exist but like it can like continue to exist yeah. and like part of that like psychoanalysis wants to ask like what was the beginning point? Like, what was the yeah. what was the straw that broke the camel's back that really, like, that really made this guy go off in a direction in his life where he's like, I'm just going to kill people and eat them. Yeah. Like, that was why I wanted to watch the origin movie. And for the life of me, I don't remember much of it. Mm. Um, I just remember thinking it wasn't ass. I just remember the one after Silence of the Lambs or after Red Dragon was ass. The one where, like, they just gave Anthony Hopkins his own movie. Oh, Hannibal. Was that what it was? Yeah. The one where he's eating Ray Liotta's brain? Is that the yes! One yeah. I thought that was ass. Yes. That wasn't very good. Yes. It was a... They wanted to cash on Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And it was, it was a, like, a hastily written book. It came out trying to catch on to the fan. Like, it, there's a whole lot of things that happened with that, that movie that just... Yeah. I'm gonna. I might even go back and rewatch that just to be like, yeah, this is ass. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah. It's they've been bringing like. I mean, honestly, like Julianne Moore didn't do bad as like she didn't do bad in that. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's convoluted. Sure. Convoluted nonsense. A lot of it, like you know, he's just Ray Lotto's character is pretty fun. He plays like a you know like hard ass detective gets his brain eaten like yeah you know what I mean like there's a part where she's talking to him and he's literally like Tano's like literally eating his brain and like he's talking to him I at remember the same that time scene. and he's yeah. just kind of like drooling on himself like looking around and stuff like that like no. as he's eating, yeah, I mean it's fun it's fun yeah it's fun but like yeah but the movie yeah, a movie fun. could be fun but still be ass sure. <laughs> like, I mean, but yeah it just went it, it went almost like it got to like parts where it wanted to be like a little bit like shock and awe and like here and there and it didn't have to be it should be smart it's a smart the whole series is smart. The idea that like the character is smart, so you. Oh, smart, Hannibal probably. is a very, one of the smartest, one of the most calculated. Yeah. I I love it. 
I love it. But we we're actually here to talk about other shit because I I told you that your most popular episode is the one about your kids and clowns. Sure. So <laughs> yeah. you told me that you wanted you were saving a story for me. Uh, I'm, I'm I mean, it's, it's not a crazy story, but it just kind of like uh, reiterates oh, <laughs> reiterates all the the fun stuff that happens and like kind of like my like I so my other day, I have a little girl. She's five years old. Uh, she was running around. She came downstairs, and her hand was like, but she had cut her hand. She was like super sad that she had cut her hand, and uh, I asked her like, "Are you okay?" And she was like, "Yeah, come upstairs." So I went upstairs to say like, "Show me what you cut it on." And I found out that before she had actually come downstairs to show me what she had actually been just drawing pictures on the wall and symbols and shit like that in her own blood all over across the room and stuff like that. So was it Latin? No, it wasn't Latin. But okay. it, was, it was some you know some oddly. Uh, I hope I'm hoping it was just like triangles and stuff like that, but in my mind, all I'm seeing is like uh, upside down, like pentagrams. Shit yeah. like that. <laughs> like, I don't want any of this. She's drawing a square, and I'm like, that's not a square, that's a pentagram. Okay, I don't want to kick you through the window. You know? were, like, were there any stars? If there were stars, I'd be a little scared. It, it was wild. It was wild. There was a lot of weird shit going on there. First thing you know, that is crazy. She, she, put, she put her own entertainment over the pain. Yeah, she literally like that's very first thing that she thought of when she cut herself was I'm not gonna go tell anybody. I'm literally just gonna start drawing on the walls and blood. I'm drawing my own blood. Yeah. What is this? Yeah, let's paint. Yeah. <laughs> like, a little wild. Yeah, that little, is fun wild. Stuff like that. Fun stuff like that. That is crazy. It's not like it's not like warning signs crazy. It's a kid who doesn't understand what they're sure. doing crazy. But yeah. like the idea of someone's own like pain threshold being completely abandoned. In order to just be like, oh, free paint. It's very fucked up. Look at my red crown I have. It's like, pretty it's, fucked up, honestly. Stabbing it on something. Just, so just what, you broke out the bleach and you just immediately went to that shit? Yeah, pretty much. Did you Did yeah. you call a priest? No, I just, I don't, we don't talk about you it. You should probably have the house we just exercised. <laughs> we don't talk about those things. You're talking about it here <laughs> for hundreds of, of listeners. We don't, we don't talk about the, the stuff that happens. That is hilarious. Um, I just want to note again on the podcast that Scutch has told me oftentimes that he's worried that his kill his children will be the death of him. So I do want to have it noted here in case something happens that uh, you heard it here first, folks. He was scared. So <laughs> it's completely possible that like, this, is, this, is, this is a like a uh, it is a like a he looked at me with note. completely wide eyes and uh, a smile across his face a, uh, before he said this is absolutely this, possible. This is my farewell note that if anything ever happens to me, it was a hundred percent my daughter. And it was done with a knife. <laughs> a knife. Yeah, but she Big probably drew on the wall with. Knife. But she probably draws on the wall with after she's done. Oh my god! What did she cut her hand on? I don't even know. Hmm. Never showed me. Never hmm. actually showed me. Because I remember as a kid, I had no clue what like a razor was, and sure. I remember just running my finger. Oh, all right, it, you just run all over. And just being like, oh. Yeah. So, but like my reaction to pain as a kid yeah. was. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, I know. I cut same thing. Cut off half my thumb. Literally yeah, cut off man. top of my thumb. Like a little pocket. Oh, knife. I did that. Like, oh, look how shiny this is. Literally just ran. I went to my core. Head. I went to yeah. core an apple, and I was holding it with my oh. thumb on the top, and that little divot yeah. where it cuts right the core the out went right through the tip of my yeah. thumb when yeah. I was a kid, yeah. and I just remember like blood pouring all over the apple, yeah. and I was just like. Mom, and she's like on the phone, and yeah. I have like a cloth wrapped yeah. around my thumb, and I'm just like, Mom, and, and my mom's just like, I'm on the phone. <laughs> it's the same reaction all the time. It's the very first time you look at it, and it's like, Fuck. Well, well, that's bad. I'm gonna be in so much trouble. 
now this hurts. Now, now I have to really do something hurts. about. Now I have now to do something really about. You, you literally in your mind, you're like, you have to have that oh, conversation no. where you think about. It, you're like, how much trouble can I be in, versus how much pain this is. Like that's literally the conversation you have in your head. Like, am I gonna be in too much trouble, or should I just be in, like tons I of think, pain forever? I think since that day, I've never used like an Apple Core. Well, that's just an awful this. thing. I've been traumatized. Yeah. Just eat the fucking apples. What I useless tools. I've manned up. Yeah. You know those like you know like you know someone in a movie is a hard ass when yeah. they're eating like an apple with a knife. Yeah. I think I'm gonna be that guy. It's, I'm gonna be that guy from. It's now fun on. being that guy. Just, I've done that before you, just to be that guy. <laughs> I literally have. Literally you've like walked. Yeah. You've yeah. like walked into a bar like yeah. eating an apple with a knife. Like yeah. hey. How's it going? Literally just, just walking around <laughs> eating an apple at night and people are looking at like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, just eat that it like a regular person. <laughs> just eat it like a regular person with your mouth. <laughs> it's like oh, a knife. Fuck. You know? I love it. I, uh, is there any other, like, scary shit that's happened with your kids recently? Just, that you they, they just keep getting older and, uh, yeah. That's it. They, they keep, keep you on your older. toes. They do. They keep you on your toes. Keep getting older. Keep getting scarier. Keep getting more interested in my... One is just getting into now, like starting to get into, uh, same kind of thing. Creature features. He loves like uh, he loves That's the awesome. idea of things eating people. He yeah, likes, you yeah. were you mentioned that you you can't play Carry On the the game that came out on uh, Xbox. You can't play Carry On without him yeah, because he, he, he finds it too funny. Yeah, he's, he loves it. I bought that game the day it came out and I beat it the same weekend. Yeah. I was I was absolutely obsessed with that game. I thought. I was like, now this is like what they need to make into yeah. like a fucking movie. This yeah. would be gnarly. Oh, it would be, <laughs> it's, it's be anybody, really fucking cool. anybody who was a fan of the thing would yeah. absolutely love Dead it. Space, is, you know, uh, same 100%. same type of uh, same type of vein, yeah. same category, uh, parasitical, uh, uh, just assimilation, just so beautiful, beautiful yeah. teeth and tentacles. It just grows by eating people. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Anyway, this is. Uh, this is episode 178, obviously, I am here with Scutch McGee. It's been a while, my friend, and that's not, like, for lack of trying. Like, we've we've definitely tried to hang out, like, multiple times before yeah. this. And I'm actually pretty sure we did hang out the one time, and we just didn't record when we hung out. We just yeah. hung out instead. Yeah. It's just, like, it happens. It does. I, there are only certain people I annoy to come back on the show sometimes. Yeah. You're absolutely one of them. Sure. <laughs> this is, I think, your, like, sixth episode. Um, I told you that your like third one is like one of the top listened to. Yeah. Uh, that's the not afraid of children or clowns. It's a very fun episode of reading about spooky kids and spooky clowns, and those are those are things you and I honestly, both love. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, honestly, like even when we do get together, if we don't record anything, our conversations are literally what you are hearing now. It's just that, that's why it's so easy yeah, to record. Yeah. Is like all I gotta do is bust out a microphone, and we just enjoy talking yeah, about this exactly. shit in general. The only difference is that we just kind of throw a story or two in the middle of it, and that's it's well, that's the, the show. Yep. The show is throwing. A, <laughs> see, see, here's here's what I'd like to call the hot seat, and the hot seat is where. Um, I like to find stories specifically crafted to the things that people don't want to read about. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And I you, it. I love to put you on the hot seat to yeah. make you read stories about creepy little kids. <laughs> I get, I get all the awful stories. I get all the ones that are about little kids well, really listen, just tormenting if, their parents. If you told me that you were afraid of like aliens or shit. Yeah. You know we'd be reading an alien story, but you're not afraid of aliens and shit. You're afraid of your kids sitting like too close yeah, to you this, and you this wake is, up yeah, in this space. Like we had this kind of like we, how this all started. How this all started was that one. I 
I always said that the scariest thing that you're ever going to see in a movie or is like the scary little dead kids. The little scary dead kids are by far the worst because they literally, all they want to do is they want to kill everybody else. Like they're, yeah. they're not, they have no moral compass. They're just like, we're here to kill everybody. Scary little dead kids are the worst. They're the absolute worst. Well, well, that argument is actually itself like lodged in, in psychology. The argument is that um, kids don't understand the idea of no. right and wrong their line is already blurred. Yeah. So if you give a kid a reason to like hate, yeah. a reason to to not see those lines, like you might as well have like an unrestrained Absolutely. psychopath in front of you. Like you might as well. And like that's it's like no kid is like really that sure. unhinged. Yeah. Like that's not what we read about in the news. We read yeah. about kids being killed. Like that's yeah. just as scary, if yeah, not scarier. 100%. You know, sure. and that's the other side of the, the that's argument the worst too. Yeah. Like, that's that's something you've yeah. talked about express uh, expressively as well. Is yeah. like you know watching movies as as an adult is like oh I'm I'm fe- I'm fearing for myself. Watching a movie as a parent, yeah. I'm fearing for like my children. Exactly. You know? So, and then the other aspect we got into was the idea of, uh, like, uh, almost like sleep paralysis, not knowing what's going on, or dreaming, yeah. a, a central state of, like, a different sense of reality. How scary is it that for six, seven hours every night that you have no idea really oh, what's yeah, happening Oh, yeah, you're, to your you're real fucking so scared we, we, sleep. We, we compensate that with the fact that kids will literally just kind of walk around and do whatever they want. Like, I, I, I can't tell you how many times that I've woken up and I've had, you know, a child really you know, a foot and a half away from my face while I'm dead asleep, you know, coming out of a hard, you know... What are they thinking while they watch you? You know, it's just one of those, one of those things. It's just like, it's like... Oh. Honestly, but honestly, oh, it's just... Papa. Honestly, honestly, I think it's just like curiosity. Like, I, I, I feel like... It is. I feel like it, they get to a point... It absolutely is, It's like they get to a point where, like, how close can I get to that guy's face? Without him waking up, <laughs> it also comes like a weird game where it's like it is a weird game. how like how close can everything I get? Everything for kids is yeah. a weird little game. Yeah, it really is. They don't make sense. No, none of it makes sense. We should stop reading into it because it doesn't actually make sense. Your yeah. kid painting on the wall in its own blood doesn't make any sense, and that's because kids don't make sense. That's true. Unless there was Latin, yeah, <laughs> unless there was Latin, something that should like never priest. learned ever in their entire lifetime. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. And she yeah. starts talking about the ne- Necronomicon. Like you're sure. done. <laughs> you're done. No. Fascination with dead animals. You're done. No. Um, the story uh, I really wanted to read with you today, uh, naturally putting you in the hot seat that I do, no. is is called "My Son's Imaginary Friend." And yes. uh, do do either of your kids have imaginary friends? My kids talk to random nobodies all the time. I think it's just, just part like, of how just they are. nothing. Just conversations with nothing all the time to themselves. Or literally to like someone that they're seeing in their mind's eye, because I know I had imaginary friends. As I mean, a, kid. a lot of it. Like, I was a very eccentric child. My mom did not ask many questions. Sure. Apparently, I was very quiet. I would keep to myself. But I know for a fact that I had at least one imaginary friend, and I believe it was a dinosaur. Yeah. Because I had a fascination with dinosaurs. My son tends to just talk to himself. My daughter. Very easily, you can understand that she's talking to something else. Like, she's having a conversation. You know, there's a big difference between having a conversation and just kind of talking to yourself. And some run well, around and kind of talk now. to themselves. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But I thought you hear it. It's, it's 
tones that they use and things like that, questions that they ask. Like you're not gonna, you tend not to ask yourself questions when you're talking to yourself. You just make comments. You kind of, you know, it's strange. So do you do you ever like look at your daughter and do you ever ask her like who are you talking to, hon? No, I just I honestly I don't want to know. You like, don't want. To I know. don't want to know. I don't. I don't want blame to know anything you. of that. Like I, I don't. It's not to say I don't care. I just don't want to know what she's potentially seeing. Like there's always two are like, oh, what are, you, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Are you thinking like Sixth what? Sense? You think she's yeah. seeing like what are you seeing? Like, like, what are you seeing? I don't. Are you afraid for her to be like the Burning Man says hi? Like, yeah, I don't. It's like, I'm, no thanks. I don't need any of that. <laughs> Like, I just don't need it. <laughs> My life no, no one needs it. That's what I'm saying, though. But, like, people that ask that question... Ah, ignorance. Don't, yeah, Delicious. Exactly, exactly. The only reason why you would ever ask that question is because you feel like you need to know the answer to that. And guess what? I don't. You don't need that. I don't need to know You're the at the point in your life I'm good. you're good. <laughs> hey, kid. You do you. That's I it. love it. I'm the, see, I'm the type of person to go, oh, it's, who are you talking yeah. to, sweetheart? Oh. It's like a big old bunny. Yeah. With a knife. I was like, oh, I, was like, oh. Yeah, right. I definitely want to know if the bunny's holding a knife. Yeah. Um, do you want to start this story? I can. If you like you want to start this story? Sure. This, this story, again, it's from Reddit No Sleep. It's called My Son's Imaginary Friend. Some of you may know me from a difficult domestic abuse situation in which my son and I had to relocate. Many of you have witnessed stalking and threats on Reddit itself, and some of you have even gotten far enough to reach out to me and post wondering where I've been. For obvious reasons, I removed myself from online in fear of my child's protection. I, I am now a single mother. I'm a single mother. I've since moved in with Beautiful, my current boyfriend. <laughs> and lifelong friend, we'll call him R. R. R has a daughter, the same age as my son, Mike. He's a pirate. Yep. I found comfort in not knowing, or not only having protection for myself and my son, but that he'd have a friend that take his mind off what he'd been going through, and I was wrong. Mikey had never had an imaginary friend. I couldn't tell you when it started, tell you that it has been the longest, hardest week of my life. R is a biker, an emergency mechanic, and often has to leave random hours. One night he had to answer a call, and I stayed home with Mikey and his daughter. We'll call her Lorelei. Lorelei? Lorelei? Lorelei. Lorelei. Doesn't matter. We just finished up dinner, and both kids were cleaning up in their PJs. Mikey's three or four in December. Lorelei, a month older. I was washing the dishes when I heard the kids playing with their jack-in-the-box in the upstairs hallway. Fuck that toy, man. Yeah. I don't mind them playing. She said it's getting late, and they know that they can play quietly in the room before bed, but not loudly in the hallway. I turned off the sink and walked upstairs to tell them to get into their beds. However, when I got upstairs, they were already in bed, and Lorelai's jack-in-the-box on the dresser first from the door. I figured I must not yet be accustomed to the acoustics of this house. Both kids were awake, but just barely. Mikey more than sword and Lori. Nothing was out of the ordinary. The room was on the larger size with two separate beds and mostly Lori's toys littering the floor. Since Mikey had very too few toys unpacked from the move, I picked up the room quickly, kissed them both goodnight, turned Thomas the tank engine on TV and told him to go to bed. They nodded and I made way, my way back downstairs to finish the dishes. Suddenly I heard Jack in the box again. Pop go to Weasel playing over and over. Fuck that. They didn't even stop to put the puppet back in. It just kept going and going. I finished the last dish and made my way upstairs, but the music stopped and I reached the second step. I walked into the kids' room to find them both fast asleep in the box where it was left on the dresser. They weren't faking it, and there was no way I would have heard them. I wouldn't have heard them running back to bed. And that's just where it started. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Some uh, kid, poltergeist shit. Ah, uh, kid toys are the worst. Oh, kid toys are the worst, man. Kid toys are the worst. Specifically, Jack in the Box. Like, like some someone in the fucking medieval times was like, "Get, get this, bud. Yeah. I want to make a box, yeah. and when you fuck around with it, yeah. it scares the shit out of you." Yeah, and we could put creepy things like clowns yeah. and like puppet heads 
they don't even have to make sense. We'll just put a fucking fist in one of them. Just jam it in that box? Just jam it in that box? Good going, kid. I hope you're scared. Fuck that toy, man. I hated that. Like my my mom, like she probably gave me one of those when I was two, and I cried, and she was like, "That's enough for that." And then we never saw that ever again. Like that was. I only have sensory toys stuff that you can see with it. Gets your movement, starts talking when you're starting to No, like a Furby or something. Yeah, you just walk by the room, and especially when the battery starts dying. No thanks. No thanks. Fuck with that. Breakfast came and I decided to just ignore last night's events thinking I was overreacting. When the kids finished eating, I walked to them to the room to find a disaster. Somehow, someone got into a can of red paint and drew awfully creepy smiley faces on the wall. It was your daughter. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah, exactly. It literally is that. I it. didn't plan this. Yeah. Instantly, I was upset. I didn't know who to be upset with. First, I yelled at R for being irresponsible and having it accessible to the kids, but he had no idea what I was talking about and had no idea where the paint came from. I yelled at Mikey. I know he's acting out for a reason, but this just wasn't safe nor acceptable. He just looked down to his feet. Did you do this? I asked angrily. Did you draw these smiles on the wall? He shook his head. Who did this? I asked. My friend, Mommy. Is Jack a bad boy? I grunted in disappointment and turned to a wide-eyed Lorelei. Did Mikey do this? I asked. She simply shook her head. Who did this? Did this to you? I wasn't getting a response. Finally, I asked. Did Jack do it? And she nodded yes. I had enough. I marched upstairs, took Jack in his box, and put clean up and high. Put him up high in the upstairs closet. Then I made the kids help me clean the paint off the walls. It didn't help much. The red paint had stained the wants white walls. I did notice something, though. There were two out of the six faces that, even standing on their beds or dresser, the highest point in the room, they could not reach. I pretended like there was a way. There is always a way. Throughout <laughs> For the week, a ghost. It's so awful. <laughs> Throughout a week, Mikey kept talking about his friend Jack. He spoke about him like a real person instead of a toy locked in the closet. I rationalized that because of his real dad being gone. He must have created an imaginary friend. I must admit it freaked me out. I had nightmares of that song, and I wake up with the worth of a jolt, and the weasel popped every time. I haven't been getting much sleep. Something wasn't right about this, Jack. Mikey began using Jack as an excuse or way out of a punishment. When he'd still a cookie, Jack gave it to him. When he turned on the tub and it overflowed, while I was in the ba- went to the basement for clean towels, Jack did it. When he wouldn't go to sleep, Jack was too loud. And then one day he must have grabbed a charity on the counter and put it back where it was because I found a knife in his bed. Oh, fuck. He swore Jack did it. The more Mikey mentioned, and the louder pop in my dreams. Every time I asked Lori, she'd look at me with white eyes and agree with Mikey. She even confided in me that she didn't like Jack. Last night, R was passed out, tired from work, and I laid in bed so very overtired. That's when I heard it. The kids got that damn box. And then when I got out of bed to go reprimand the kids. Where's the box, I asked, and they just stared at me, a confused look on their faces. Who's making that music? They didn't have it. I know I heard it. I was walking into the room right when the weasel was going to pop. I heard it. They didn't have the box. Mommy, Jack! Mikey began. I didn't want to hear it. I just needed sleep. Enough, Mikey. Where's this Jack? I asked angry and fed up with these stories. I grabbed the box from the closet. Is this Jack? Mikey shook his head. I looked at Lorelai for confirmation. She shook her head. Mommy, he's happy with big smiles. He managed to say with his limited vocabulary skills. I spied in the DV rack a copy of Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Is this Jack? Is this who you're talking about? Once again, they shook their heads. Mommy, he's laughing. Go to bed, I yelled. <laughs> Go to bed! <laughs> Walking back right. to the bedroom. Yeah. 
<laughs> Walking back into the bed where R was now awake and wondering what was going on. A fucking Jack in the Box. I keep hearing that song. If I hear Pop Goes the Weasel one more time, I'm going to lose it. Lori's Jack in the Box, yes? I nodded. He told me that Jack in the Box didn't pop play Pop Goes the Weasel. He said I played Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I bet him I was going insane by this box. I knew the tune. Twinkle Little Star My Ass. I grabbed the box from the closet and brought it to bed. I began turning the one key to pop the weasel. I was ready to give him a smug look. I know the song. It's been driving me crazy. I wound up the box, and he was right. I know I don't have to tell no sleep what I find when I googled Mike's imaginary friend, Laughing Jack. I'm turning to you for advice. Who else would believe me? I don't want my life to end up crazy or Mikey or hurt. I'm hearing that song for no reason. Michael's friend is really starting to scare not only me, but Lorelai as well. Mikey's learning words we don't usually say. He says things are dead, and he uses big words like we don't usually use, like mortuary, decay, and mispronounced re mortis. He's causing Mikey to break things, become aggressive, become impulsive, and do seemingly impossible and very unsafe things in such a small amount of time. I've been constantly watching Mikey and having the kids play with me in the living room. As I write this, Michael's arguing over his toy train with no one I can see, as Lori brushes her hair on her little toy pony, quietly singing to herself. All, All around the mulberry bush, bush, the monkey is the weasel. Fuck that yeah. shit! Yeah. Creepy kids! Oh, I, I just made a realization. I think Laughing Jack is actually like a, um, a really popular, like, creepypasta no sleep character. At least, uh, to the, to the people. Let me give it a quick Google. Might be some fun character art. Yeah, this is the one. I've been waiting to read this guy. Yeah, apparently that's the. <laughs> that's that's the character for we talking about. Apparently that's yeah. like a popular. Uh, that's different. Apparently that's like a popular uh, no sleep character of some kind. Laughing, laughing Jack. Um, that's that's fun. I didn't know where Laughing Jack came from. It's very fun. Um, I, I like it. I like the story already. I will read part two. This has been a long 24 hours. Has it been longer than 24 hours? I don't even know what day it is anymore. I read many of your comments and took some of your suggestions. However, there will be no use of baby monitors as the last time someone did that, their child died. No thanks. I was beginning to feel like there was nowhere to turn. The police won't listen to me. They think it's all psychological. I even contacted my local church, who held back on telling me they didn't believe me, even though I know they didn't. Maybe they feared me telling them I didn't believe in their imaginary friend either. I've never been very religious. They recommended I call a bigger church in the city. They were much nicer to me at the bigger church. They offered me shelter and upon finishing my story recommended I speak to Father Donahue, who returned my call promptly informing me that he was on his way. He spoke to the children alone to make sure they weren't feeding off of me. It was light out and I'm positive he assumed Jack only struck at night. Once he emerged from the children's room, he offered me to, uh, he offered to bless the house. I quickly accepted. He started at the basement, a usually scary place in the house. The feeling was normal. The further up we ventured, the sicker I felt. I don't know if I was making myself sick or what. I think the father felt it in the kitchen. With the children by our side, we walked through the house. He blessed every room, every corner. We stopped short in our kitchen. Can you hear it? The music was playing, Pop Goes the Weasel. I wasn't sure if I was losing my mind, but the father confirmed that he too could hear the music. He even sang along with it. I cried a tear of relief. Finally, someone else witnessed it. 
When we got close to the children's room, the music couldn't be found. Father Donahue shuddered at the markings on the wall as he began blessing the children's room. We heard a faint hissing sound, like an angry cat. And that's when Mikey informed us that Jack didn't like this. Good, I thought to myself. Then Jack can get the fuck out of my house. Where is Jack, Michael? Father Donahue asked. Mikey pointed at our closed bathroom door, and we walked over to find it locked. I couldn't open it, and I didn't have a key, so the father began to bless the door. Stop, Mikey cried. Jack doesn't like that. Just then we heard what I thought was a small chuckle as the father continued his blessing. Suddenly the door began to knock, pound, and shake violently, which sent the priest running down the stairs. What about God protecting us, father? He was on the front porch before I actually caught up to him. He told me he couldn't help and that this was out of his grasp. He then handed me a full vial of holy water and a Bible and told me I needed it more than he did before speeding off in his Buick Regal. Thanks, Father. I didn't waste any time Googling physics in my area. God never helped before. It didn't surprise me that it wasn't this simple. Even... Oh, I said physics. <laughs> I didn't waste any time Googling psychics, which, in my opinion, don't really help unless we're going down the conjuring route or the uh, insidious route. Uh, God's never helped before. It didn't surprise me that it wasn't that simple. Even the psychic I found laughed and told me priests are for believing in their friend you can't see. For everything else, there's a psychic. She promised not to run out, claiming it's unprofessional. She would be here within the hour. When she arrived, she didn't want to know more than she already did. She didn't want to see pictures the kids drew of Jack, or what I read about. I obliged, staying quiet, not wanting to fung her fucking shui or whatever. She burnt sage, salted the perimeter, among other things. I kept the kids with me in the living room. Upstairs, I heard her talking. I couldn't hear what she was saying. I did hear a loud groan and a door open, and she yelled downstairs that she got the bathroom door open. I felt the first sigh of relief I felt in a while, and she called me upstairs. I think he's coming in through the mirrors. You should keep them covered, she said, placing a black silk piece of fabric over the bathroom mirror, and I nodded, vaguely remembering a comment I read here, and then we began to make our way back to the kids. I jumped with a fright to find all my cabinets open, even the ones above the stove and the entire contents of my fridge broken, covering my floor. Oh, he's pouting the psychic said, immediately beginning to close the cabinets like nothing happened. He's being a bitch. Keep the mirrors covered and try not to react to his shenanigans. He should find his way out. Just then a laugh rang out that of which could only be described as coming from a circus in the pit of hell. I couldn't help but be reminded of Stephen King's It due to the common goal and the clown-like connection they both shared. I laughed knowing I had some asthma medication in the medicine cabinet upstairs. The psychic commented on how well I handled the laugh, not knowing I was in my head laughing at myself. I asked her about laughing Jack and the creepypasta, and she told me she had no idea what I was talking about, but that every urban legend has roots somewhere. Before she left, she gave me some sage, a bag of dried flowers, and reminded me about the mirrors and remaining calm. She told me to keep in touch and that there's always a reaction before they leave and things should calm down now. I thanked her and she left. 
I finished cleaning the mess, saving what I could for the fridge. I checked in on the kids who were coloring in the living room. I asked where Jack was, and Mikey shrugged. Finally! I stepped outside to call R. He picked on me for calling a priest and made some joke about us being able to get a romantic at night again. I called him a dork and hung up. <laughs> that fucking nerd. I walked inside and took a breath, the first in a while. I finally felt like we were going to be able to move on. Well, here's the news flash. There's like 30 more pages for the story, so fuck you. The kids were still coloring, and although I swear I could still hear the song, I dismissed it. Everything was going to be okay. I was in the kitchen beginning dinner when R got home and began playing with the kids. He cleaned them up, but not without asking me about the mirrors. He thought it was stupid, but promised me he wouldn't move them. When we finished eating dinner, R took the kids upstairs to get ready for bed so I could finish the dishes and get a much-needed break. I sat on the couch in the living room inside. I had a smile on my face, knowing everything was going to be okay. I began shuffling through the kids' drawings before finding a note my kids can't read or write yet. The note reads as follows. You think it's over? Ha, 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 ha. Signed, Jack. The letter was written in caps, and most of the letters were written backwards. I tried to take a picture, but my camera kept failing. When I finally got a picture, Imgur wouldn't take it. Figure that out. I jumped when R came downstairs to tell me he had to go into work. Not now, not tonight. I begged him to stay, but he kissed me on the forehead like he always did and told me he'd be back soon. The kids were in bed, and I just didn't feel right. I checked on them, and everything seemed normal. I left the door open to the bathroom across the hall from the kids' room while I took a shower, just in case, and while brushing my teeth, the silk slipped off of the mirror. I went to put it back on, but when I looked up, wasn't greeted by my reflection. I knew who this was, smiling back at me, mouth full of razor-sharp teeth poking through black gums. Even though I only saw him for a moment, the image was engraved into my brain, and I knew who this was. Jack was mocking me, laughing at me. His sunken eyes, razor-sharp teeth, his smile. How did my kids play with this thing? I immediately threw the cloth back on the mirror and heard him laugh. He was laughing at me. I only saw his face a moment, but wish I did looked longer to get more details about my enemy. I walked into the kids' room and crawled into Mikey's bed. I was uncomfortable with my knees bent and crunched up against the wall in his tiny bed, but I just wanted to be near him. I fell asleep quickly. I woke up to a scratching sound. I could faintly hear whispering, but couldn't make it out. I got out of the tiny bed and stretched, craning my neck. I walked to the bathroom. I knew I was definitely hearing whispering from in there. Well, I don't have to pee that bad. I crept back to bed with Mikey and fell back asleep. It wasn't until I heard the music again that I woke up, realizing Michael wasn't in bed with me. I got out of bed calling his name in a panic, and I found him in the bathroom trying to get the cloth from the mirror. Michael, no, I yelled, only then realizing that he was sleepwalking. I picked him up gently and put him back in bed before walking past the bathroom, murmuring, Nice try, Jack. Laugh about that. I don't recommend antagonizing whatever this is because it, it was just then that I heard the loudest crash I ever heard. It sounded like it was coming from everywhere. The silk was off the bathroom mirror and the mirror itself was broken. I ran downstairs to grab my phone from the kitchen, noticing every mirror in the house was cracked. 
the hall mirror, the mirror in the living room, the decorative mirrors in the hall, all of them shattered. I called R, but he didn't answer. I texted him too. Nothing. I ran upstairs to check on the kids and they were fast asleep in their beds. I heard my phone beep downstairs and finally R had replied. The text was from an unknown number and all it said was, ha 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 ha. Before I could even react, my phone began to ring. The ringtone somehow has switched to Pop Goes the Weasel, and I almost shat my pants instantly, but decided to answer it. Hello? I heard static, the white noise type you hear on your TV. I could barely make out the sound of someone laughing. I hung up and phoned the psychic. I don't care that it's 3am. She didn't answer, obviously. I left a panicked message. I called R again and bitched out his voicemail. I then grabbed a pillow and blanket and positioned myself in front of the kid's door. I could hear my phone going off in the kitchen. Pop goes the weasel. I wasn't going to get it. I must have dozed off because I woke up to R pushing on the door coming in to check on the kids. He wondered what I was doing. I yelled at him about answering his phone but showed me he never got a call or text. He asked me what happened last night and why the mirrors are all broken and I told him and he didn't know what to think. He went downstairs to grab me coffee and let me know my phone was going off. I had 66 missed calls from the unknown number. I called the psychic. She came over to check things out. She seemed uneasy knowing the mirrors broke themselves. She told me she's never seen them use technology like this. Clearly, she doesn't browse no sleep. R asked her some questions as I got more coffee. She seemed uneasy, like she wanted to leave. She told me she was going to research some things for us. While we were saying our goodbyes, she said something odd and out of place right as she left. She said, I'm sorry. R tried calling the number that texted me the night before to find it disconnected. He took off work tonight. I've been shaky all day. When I look into the remaining mirror shatter, sometimes I can see Jack's eyes in place of mine. I think I'm losing it. Mikey acted off today, like he's tired or sick. He's been sluggish. He spent most of his day in bed. I can hear him talking to someone in there. I know who. Lori checked on him a few times, and she tells me when Jack's in there, so I can go spray my holy water. It doesn't seem to help. Right now, I'm wide awake, listening to the whispers in my bathroom and the music coming from downstairs. The kids are sleeping next to me and are in our bed. The three of them are sound asleep. I'm just happy things seem to be calmed down for now. So what, no sleep? I'll update again as soon as I'm able. So we've gone the uh, the conjuring exercise yeah, around a little bit. Interesting to see what Jack has uh, in store. Do you, would you like to... Yeah, what, what is the character, what is the, the new Conjuring movie that they're making the, the, the new movie at, too? Um, the one from the, the Toy Crooked Box. Man? The Crooked Man. Was it The Crooked Man? His luck. With his yeah. fun little hat and yeah. his big old smile? The Crooked Man, The Crooked yeah. Man. I don't, I don't know. Is it actually coming out? Is it actually happening? I thought that was actually going to happen at some point. Maybe not. I remember them announcing it, and then I remember being like, that's dumb. But like, yeah, it been really I'd see it anyway. Because yeah. <laughs> he was fun. He had like a fun hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crooked man. The crooked man. Scoopy. What's wrong with him? Why is he crooked? Yeah. You trying to call him gay? <laughs> awful name to have. <laughs> My name's Gerald. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to play. Stop calling me crooked. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm straight. Yeah. Okay. I think 
think Jack likes to play. I can hear him laughing. It's really starting to cause more problems than I initially thought. R and I are on our edge, snapping at each other for small reasons that otherwise wouldn't affect us. Michael seems to be feeling better, but he and Jack seem to be inseparable. Lorelai doesn't even want to play with him anymore. We left the house for a while like many suggested. Jack came with. I know he did. I can feel when he's around now. I can see him out of the corner of my eye. I can hear his laughter. I feel like he's getting stronger or I'm getting weaker. I took the kids to R's mom's house for a bit. She watched it too wide, took a much needed nap. I don't know how much sleep I got as my thoughts raced the entire time. At one point I felt like someone was watching me. R's mom ran and complaining about not being able to get a handle on this and my son playing with the devil. I guess I don't need sleep. <laughs> I ended up going to R's work. He hugged me long and hard. I feel safe in his arms. I spoke to a few of his biker buddies and about their ideas. I figured if I had anyone be big and bad and not be fearful it would be a biker. We worked out a plan to have at least one of his friends with me at all times so I'm never alone alone. I'll admit as much as I hated having random men in my house, having them there did make me feel safe. I heard a loud thud on the garage door as I was leaving the shop. I walked outside to see a hawk type bird dead. I was hoping it was just a random coincidence. We started to the car and four of ours biker friends following us. I just wanted to go home. Michael told everyone about Jack. He's normally shy and anybody who said hi he'd tell them about Jack. They always had the same look, and always turned her head straight to me. I could do nothing but nod. Presents, Mikey yelled. <laughs> Lori cried. I didn't care. I swiped the dead doves off my hood of my car. Two of them. There was still blood on the windshield, some feathers on my wipers. I'm too tired to care. Thanks for the gifts, psycho. <laughs> there are six guys in my kitchen. They seem to be having a good time. They almost aren't acting like they're there for a reason. I'm having someone take care of that dead hawk thing that's hanging from the gutters. It's scaring Lorelai. I sat in the living room. I didn't move. I'm just waiting. I know this isn't much of an update. Do you ever get that feeling like something is about to happen, something big? I'm just waiting. The kids seem to be okay. Mike said he's playing with Jack. When I go to check on him, I can see the asshole's reflection in the TV, grinning. I hate that he plays with Michael. I told Mikey to tell Jack to go away, and he bluntly told me no. And Jack <laughs> laughed at me. I hate my life. I just wanted to go back to how it was. It's dark out now. My kids are asleep. Now it's Jack's turn to play with me. I looked at the men in the kitchen, and they laughed because they don't know what's coming. I heard the sound of something big quickly coming down the stairs. I looked and nothing was there. Kill it with fire, one of the guys said. I wish he hadn't. There's a huge burn rack on the bottom stairs with a fire that Jack started right on that spot. No idea how I was going to explain this to R. We're destroying his house. I called Father Donahue and the psychic from some other phones. Father Donahue won't return her calls and the psychic hangs up once we're mentioned. I feel forsaken. Please I don't have to pay for that scam artist. I took Theo and one of R's friends and someone I'm close to into the basement. I needed to get laundry. We had to step over 13 dead birds of a different variety. I have no idea how they got in. To be honest, it doesn't even phase me anymore. Surprisingly, the guys stayed. Though the small fire that was put out by Boots and Birds, no one ran. It's refreshing. You can hear him down in the mirrors, whispering and taunting. One person actually yelled for him to shut up. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't care. He laughs. I hear him laughing. I changed my phone number. I'm still getting the calls and texts. All of them laughing, taunting me. It's obnoxious. What is so fucking funny? When the guys took Jack in the box outside, they're having a bonfire. <laughs> I'm in here li for, to listen for the kids. They suggest taking the baby mother outside. Ha! That's funny. He was buying Lori a new Jack in the box, one without Jack. I'm sitting in the back room watching it burn. It's turning the flames blue and green. It's quite beautiful, actually. I don't think it's going to do anything, though. I must have fallen asleep because the fire is dead and there are two guys sleeping on my living room couch. I took a step in the kitchen and nearly felt pain in my right leg. 
This is the first time I've experienced anything like this. There was a gash so deep in my legs it wouldn't drive me to the hospital for cauterization. I was wearing pants. They are intact. Somehow I got cut on my thigh through intact pants on the thigh. I have some questionable bruises on my arm too. And the hospital thinks it wouldn't be me. They won't take I don't know for an answer. If rentous, you can see it here. Maybe not safe for work. It's kind of icky. No pictures. This is a podcast. <laughs> it doesn't carry over. Four birds, four birds flew into the car on the way to the hospital. Jesus. Our finally came home and he stayed with the kids. I think he thinks I did it myself. I think he thinks I want to end it. I'm so much stronger than that. I don't know what to do right now. It's too quiet. I know who did this though. Sorry for this update being lackluster. Quite frankly, I'm happy that this all happened so far. My leg fucking hurts though. We slept together. R and the kids and I. I finally got to sleep holding onto him. I felt whole again. I felt safe. And I missed him. I'm not sure how many updates are to come. I need to end this. I need this to stop. I can hear the music in the kids' room, enticing them to play. I fucking hate Apocalypse the Weasel. I can't seem to take the ringer off my phone. It only rings that way for him. It only rings for Jack. My Jack's slightly different from the other Jack. You negative all. It was kind enough to draw the, the interpretation of him. It's pretty spot on, except I would describe his nose as beak-like. You see those there. Thank you so much for that. There was a user who apparently did some deviant art for uh, this this author, and I think uh, anyone who's like interested, I actually recognized the minute the story said Laughing Jack. I actually was like, oh, like that's that is a creepy poster. Uh, like monster that exists so like yeah there is absolutely like fan art of this character online it's a much better look inside than what the kids drew here I can hear the music it's growing louder and the kids are sleeping with headphones on I can't stop it I can't tell where it's coming from when I get close and move somewhere else I can't stand this fucking music he knows it bothers me it lasts when I chase it and I've stopped it's impossible Mikey's playing with his trains again he's been arguing with Jack lately Telling him to stop and he doesn't like certain things. Telling him no. I watch the toys move all on their own. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I've almost grown to accept it. I feel sorry for the birds. It's daytime. You think I'd be safe. The light doesn't protect me anymore. He doesn't care what time of day it is. He just plays his music and he laughs. Michael doesn't even like him anymore. I don't know what to do. Help me. Somebody help me. How do you feel about this? <laughs> it's just going. I mean, honestly, but that's that's the stuff you see. They the kids they just have these conversations with with nothing. And this is the first one I've heard though, where really there's more interaction with the, the parent than there is with the. Kids I think it's. Before. I didn't know that this was gonna be like a creepypasta monster story because mm-hmm. now now we're definitely gonna shift from like creepy kid just talking to someone yeah. the entire story, which is kind of what I wanted. Yeah, awesome. But now we're gonna go into the territory of like, oh, how do you fight a creepy pasta monster? Which is like a, it's like a vein of no sleep. I I, I guess like, um, we've read stories about like how you fight the Slender Man, how you flight the rake. Like there are these monsters that exist. And it's, eh, I don't know. I'm not as into that, but I am into a good story. So if if it does a good job, I'm into it. This is part four. I figure I owe it to you all for an update. Many people have been begging for updates, messaging if I'm okay, wondering what's going on with... Well, you know. This is me letting you know that somehow we're okay. I got a text message today, a day which seemed rather normal to say the least. Michael barely mentioned Jack, except to a court-appointed psychologist who had a much different thought process on this than we do. All in all, though, Jack has been relatively quiet. 
It's probably because he doesn't want to go to court. Legal system. Cool. I received a phone text from uh, R today while I was enjoying the peace and quiet, and it simply said, Call me! When I did, I was told to lock the door because my ex was driving around the area. He asked to speak to his friends, probably warning them as well. As messed up as this sounds, I'm not even scared of that asshole anymore. Other than random bangs and a rather large amount of dead birds, I've noticed not much of Jack, but something still tells me he's not gone. Why would he just leave? Then again, why is he being so quiet? I've seen him out of the corners of my eye, and I can still hear the music. It sounds faint, almost like it's coming from above us. It makes me want to venture to the attic. I'd feel really stupid if some music box was left up there that we never noticed before. Something tells me that's not what I'd find. I think I'm going to let R take that one. I've removed most of the mirrors from the house, the ones I could. Someone suggested this being a good idea, and it just possibly might be. My panic started to wear at me. I was always waiting for something to happen, waiting for Jack to jump out or attack. I couldn't take it. R, the kids and I took uh, took to a hotel. Since we've been here, things have seemed to return to a bit of normalcy. Mikey is coming down with something. I don't know if he's being affected by the lack of sleep as well. He's grumpy and he doesn't want to play. He snaps at Lori and even pushed her down on one occasion, which isn't something he'd normally do. He actually told her he was going to kick her ass, something I wouldn't have said in front of the kids. I don't know whether to chalk it up as abuse or something far worse. Possession. His eyes are sunken in, and he actually feels cold to touch, despite having a fever. I've given him medicine, but he doesn't want to sleep. I do find solace in having R and I and the kids in the same room at all times, though. I find comfort in it. It doesn't stop that asshole laughing from the bathroom mirror. I can hear him. I'm thinking of breaking it and sucking up the costs. I woke up to a knock at the door. I thought it was one of R's friends, maybe even a hotel manager, but nothing was there. Nothing except a dead thing. Something so grotesquely mangled, I honestly couldn't even tell you the species. There were a few dead or wilting flowers on top. He found me. It was kind of him to make the cleanup easy as he left it on top of one very large striped glove. There are holes for the fingers, so I guess I can't tell exactly how big it is, but the hands would be at least double my size if I had to guess without touching it. It was long, too. Some type of glove that could probably reach all the way up past my shoulder blade. Yeah, he found us. Some of you have done digging, finding out my psychic past, seeing what I'm all about. It doesn't really bother me, considering I can't see him. Why can't I see him? I had the janitor clean up the dead bird, rat, cat thing. It creeped me out just seeing it. Not to mention the stench. How could I have noticed that smell through my door? My main concern has been trying to get Michael to feel better. There are very few medications you can give a three-year-old, and none of them seem to be helping him. He doesn't really want to cuddle with Mommy, either. He's actually spent the last few hours before sleep between the bed and the wall just talking to his toys. I'm taking him to a doctor tomorrow if he doesn't get any better. I guess the only part that creeps me out is that not only has Jack not stopped trying to contact my cell phone, but I think he's calling the hotel room phone, too. Twice now, I've picked up to hear breathing and quiet laughter. 
I still have that feeling like something bad is going to happen. I've put in a call to a local paranormal agency. Let's face it, what good is a psychic that can't see or know what they're dealing with? I still haven't heard back. But in all fairness, I had to shut my phone off for a while. I just can't stand that rigatone anymore. I'm just here to remind you I'm okay. We're okay. We've left the house for a while just to recoup. Poor Mikey. I just want him to feel better. Since my last update, I've gotten gifted well over 24 birds and two dead, I don't know. I can't even figure out the cause or meaning. In an effort to make me smile again, R claimed Jack was a pussy and that a real man would give me flowers and diamonds. <laughs> Guaranteed that's probably why the dead doorstep had flowers on it. Another odd thing is the gash. You know, the one you all saw in my last post, not. The unexplainable attack that didn't even make me flinch in my sleep. It seems to be healing rather quickly. I had a checkup with my doctor today and he replied, they cauterized this? Was it even bleeding? Yes, it's healing that quickly. What the hell kind of magic is that? For now, I'm waiting because I know something is coming. I can feel it in my gut. Mikey doesn't want to sleep, almost like he's afraid too. I don't know anymore. I'm just waiting. I feel like something bigger is coming and I'm scared shitless. Things have been too quiet, too easy. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but it chills me to the bone. These things, they don't just go away, do they? I can't even right now. I'm writing this from a safe haven. I can't even. I felt so utterly alone. I can't explain to you how it happened. I don't even know where to begin. Let's start with going home. We stayed in the hotel for two nights. It was not comfortable and R never really even came around to see his daughter, nor I. We locked ourselves in the room while I watched Mikey get progressively more sick. We come home to find a living room covered in dead birds and no reasonable explanation as to how or why it happened. Except made R break. He couldn't handle it anymore. He told us to get the fuck out. We fought for a while and I begged him not to leave me alone. I begged him to help me, and he didn't seem to care, he seemed distant, not himself. He yelled at me so loud he never yells, and the whole time Michael laughed. Jesus. It took me about a day to pack all my stuff. Most of it was packed already. I started separating the kids' stuff. I cried the whole time. It wasn't just breaking up for me and R, but for the kids. Like we need this now. Michael's stuff fit in the two boxes which fit in the trunk. I began packing my room, and we didn't even have much of our own. I folded all my clothing onto the bed nice and neat, ready to be packed in the boxes. I went downstairs to check out my new phone, and Jack had been calling me more and more these days. Sometimes just to laugh at me, other times just to just breathe in the phone. It was Jack. I ignored it, and I was hoping it was a paranormal investigator I contacted earlier. I was gone two minutes, two minutes, and my clothes were lashed around the room. Spurred onto the lamp, some in the middle of the bed with what I assumed to be a dead cat. I disposed of it in the backyard. Art could take care of that since he couldn't care for anything else. I didn't even bother folding my clothes again. I just threw them into a box. Michael's eyes were sunk in. I'm taking him to a doctor this afternoon. I just want to leave. He leaned into my bedroom. Jack likes this, mommy. Fuck Jack. I didn't say it. I wanted to. I really, really did. Art took Lori to his mother's house while I packed. I put the last box into the car and we were gone. I felt like Jack was in the back seat. He was. I know it. We got to this doctor's office. Michael got undressed and wanted to sit with me, with him on the bed. I obliged. I don't give up an easy as some people. That doctor said he must have just have a cold or something. In the summer, sure. Waste of time. Where are we going, mommy? Church, baby. We're going to church. Michael grabbed my legs so tightly he dug his nails into my skin. I don't like church. <laughs> no one does, kid. I'm sorry. Uh, felt like an electric zap. So weird. 
I've never done that before. Even now, I occasionally feel a vibration in my leg, like a cell phone vibrating on my leg where he grabbed me. It's the weirdest thing. On the way to Father Donnelly's church, my cell phone rang. It was a paranormal investigator. He said his phone never rang, and he just got my email. He apologized up one wall and down the other. He asked me for my address, and I started crying. I don't have an address. I have nowhere to go. I have nothing, and no one. It's just me, Michael, and Jack. The phone was silent for a moment. You should come here. <laughs> I busted the rewind, made a legal U-turn, and set my GPS to his location. I felt like someone, somewhere, finally was going to help. I felt it in my gut. It took an hour to get there, and it wasn't hard to find. There were no signs or anything, but something drew me to the house. I parked on the street and began walking up the walkway. I noticed a thick circle of salt surrounding the house and stepped over it and not disturb it. Michael stopped, and I looked at him, and he was holding someone's hand. Someone I couldn't see. In my mind, I remembered the person I saw in the mirror. I shuddered. Come on, baby, I coaxed. No! He screamed. He began throwing a temper tantrum, feeling a bunch kicking at the salt. I picked him up and felt his, his arm be pulled back. I grabbed at his arm. As I turned around, I was greeted by an average-looking guy. He had multiple tattoos, most looking like symbols of some sort. I'm so sorry, I said. You're fine, he replied, pouring more salt where my cake kicked. We walked to a rather large entryway, and the house was old and covered in weird antiques and art. Michael was pissed. He wanted nothing to do with being here. Jude was his name, and it's funny because that's Michael's middle name. He bound down to Michael and he instantly calmed down. He flashed a flashlight into his eyes and began speaking to him, almost like I wasn't there. He asked him about his friend Jack. Michael was thrilled to talk to somebody who wanted to hear about it. He smiled and went on and on and on for almost 20 minutes. Why don't you come play in my room? I have some pretty awesome toys, Jude said to Michael. He walked into the back room that was full of action figures. Jude clearly had more than one hobby, and Michael was stoked and began grabbing toys instantly. It was like he was my baby again. My baby butt with sunken eyes and a friend who I couldn't see. He turned into on the TV to a random cartoon. Michael wasn't even watching. He had toys. Jude nodded for me to follow him, and we walked down into the hall into the living room. Well, he caught it in time, but just barely, he said. I was looking at his crazy decor. Most of them in glass domes. They're haunted. Every single one of them, Jude said. It's my thing. I noted that I understood, but I really want to grasp the concept. I don't think this thing is tied to anything in particular. Maybe, maybe not, Jude said. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be very strong in here, if you can get in here at all. Yeah, this guy didn't know Jack. <laughs> get it? Yeah. This guy didn't know Jack. <laughs> I've been waiting for it, honestly. We spoke a bit. Nothing about payment. He asked me about what was going on, how Michael's changed and what happened. Has Jack hurt you yet? I began to cry. I don't know why. I'm not much of a crier. I just begin to cry. Has Jack hurt me? Jack's ruined my life. I pulled out my skirt back to show him my healing gash. His eyes widened, but only for a moment. She showed him her yeah. vagina. Yeah, her slit. <laughs> my gash. Look at my gash. Look at my gash. Look at my gash. That's oh my god, she's yeah. from she's from Staten Island. Yeah. Take a look at my gash. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jack's got claws, huh? I nodded. He grabbed my hand and I looked me directly in the eyes. You know what else has claws? I looked confused. Itty bitty kitty cats. <laughs> I got what he was saying. He was being strong. He was showing me and Jack that he wasn't scared. The shells were all covered in salt, some red type of dust. I heard a bang from the other room and we both ran in instantly. Nothing was broken or messed up. I looked to Michael and he gave him a glare. I'm sorry, Mommy. I haven't heard that in since. Jack, I'm sorry, Mommy. He meant it, too. What did you do? He shrugged and pointed at the window. I looked at Jude, who was already looking at me. Jude ran outside. I 
sat with Michael as Jude ran back in and back out. He called me into the kitchen. He was holding a bloody towel with a look of disgust on his face. What is it? I asked. An itty bitty kitty, he replied. Broken neck. He's listening. Looks like he can't get in. I excused myself and went to the bathroom to get sick. I was washing my face off and looked up, noticing no mirror. In fact, I didn't see a single mirror in the entire place. Just out of curiosity, there are no mirrors in here, right? I asked. Jude laughed. Don't you have a pocket mirror? I nodded. Let's see. I grabbed my compact out of my purse. He opened the door and threw it past the salt. <laughs> I'm sure it's broken now. <laughs> Looked me dead in the eyes, put his finger up, and stayed clearly. No more mirrors. Jude went on to bury the kitten. I went to check on Michael. He was playing with action figures. And I asked him how he was doing, and he smiled at me. He seemed a little less pale, and I smiled back. Jude came in sweating a bit. He grabbed himself a glass of water and chugged the whole thing. Upon putting his glass down, he said, So I think you guys should stay here, at least tonight. He explained to me that if I had any idea about the amount of unworldly things that wanted his head, I'd panic. He ensured me that nothing could touch us here. Furthermore, he had a guest room, and we had nowhere else to go, and he said he'd work on the case tomorrow. I didn't know tomorrow meant 3 a.m. He woke me up and said, Hey, want to see something crazy? <laughs> this is dick. No. <laughs> I mean, she is the brand new guy's house, like first night. Right. Yeah, that's what I would pull. Hey, Jude. Oh my god. (laughs) Don't make it bad. All right, I'm ready. No, I said, but I laughed up and got up anyways. I really liked Jude. He made me feel comfortable. I was getting used to his mannerisms. He told me to grab Michael and come back into the backyard, and I did. Michael was sleeping. I held him in my arms. He had a little fire going on back there. That and the moonlight lit the backyard. All right, put the kid in. Yeah. <laughs> Just put in the fire. <laughs> put him in. Put him in. All right. He's cute, huh? You said. Step over the salt. I didn't want to, but I listened. I stepped over the salt. It wasn't long for Michael's eyes to start sinking in again. I almost forgot about that. He started turning pale and sickly looking. Cool, huh? You said. <laughs> no, not cool. I went to step back over the salt, but something was knocking me down with great force. We could hear laughing coming through the trees. I didn't drop Michael, but he woke up crying. Jude grabbed him and brought him back over the salt. My leg was vibrating, and I swear I was hit so hard I almost hurt it. He put Michael down on a padded bench and came to lend me a hand. So what's that mean, I asked. He scratched his bearded chin. It reminds me of an Isla, although these are generally female. I have to do some research. I don't think it really wants to possess him. I think it wants to eat him, in a way. Nice. I guess my terror was apparent, because he began stumbling over his words. I mean, not like literally, from the inside out, you know. Let's go inside. <laughs> I told him about Jack Creepypasta and I told him about you guys. I showed him the drawings, and he seemed intrigued and somewhat upset by the Gotep type guys. He didn't say much about the Creepypasta, he just said that he wouldn't allow a guy that, wouldn't allow that a guy a pencil and a psych ward like that. He also understood that he laughs. A lot of ghosts laugh. That doesn't make them from the circus. I doubt it's a clown. This isn't it. We put Michael in the guest bed and went to the living room for a private conversation. He had a large, rather old book. Nothing I'm familiar with. He kept shaking his head like he was disappointed in something before closing the book. I feel like Jude would use the name Pennywise, you know, yeah. just as a, as a nerd. You know, oh, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, I figures and everything that is. Right. Yeah. He's like, this isn't Pennywise we're dealing with, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My phone rang. He heard the song. I had forgotten to mention it for the first time. I turned white and I felt flush. He grabbed the phone. Jack, he asked. I nodded. He answered the phone and put it on speaker. Hello, Jack, he said, and the other end was silent for a moment. A gurgle came in a forced breath, and that's the first time I heard it speak. <laughs> Hello? The voice creeped me out. It was forced, almost not human. 
you're not going to get him, Jack. Jude was almost strong, and I admire that. He didn't have a fear of Jack. It was almost like a game. Jack liked games. Jack laughed. Jack laughed harder than before. He laughed so loud he had to take the phone off speaker. He feared waking Milo. The gurgling came again. Going to get him. <laughs> Once again, it was forced, almost not human. It was like he was mimicking him, although the voice wasn't the same. I'm going to get him. He laughed hysterically. Going to get him. He laughed again. I'm going to get him. I shuddered. Yeah? How? Drew said. No fear whatsoever in his voice. Flying was dead silent the phone disconnected. He doesn't even know, Drew said. Me. <laughs> he doesn't even know. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he's helpless while you're here. A thud came from the guest room where Michael was asleep, and then another. Then another noise. He was still sleeping in his bed. Jude opened the blinds, and blood it was in the shape of that smile that the kids originally drew in the room, or Jack did. I jumped when I saw a bird hit the window. I thought he was controlling their flight. He wasn't. It was clear the birds were already dead, and they were being thrown. He whispered me to take Michael up to his room down the hall so he wouldn't wake up. Jude walked outside to throw the birds off the property. He had guts, man. I wouldn't. I didn't want to leave his house. I sat with Michael asleep next to me. Jude walked in and said something that brought me back here to the Reddit. He said, Duke can either fly or he has long arms to get those birds up here. I was brought back to the pictures the kid drew, even the creepy pasta laughing Jack. I was tearing up. He hugged us. Come on now. It's just a bully. He can't get you here. Just then I got six tenders in a row. Going to get him. 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 Ha ha ha. Jude took off my phone. Oh yeah? How? He replied. The phone didn't go off again. Jude took me to the living room. He sat next to me and let me cry on him for a moment, rubbing my shoulder. So your friends online, he began. Can you reach them from my computer? I nodded. I know I'd randomly been able to reach you guys through my phone, but just barely. Too much going on. I haven't even gone to work. So here I am with Jude writing this. He wants me to reach out to you guys to help him out. This is what he wants you to know. Whatever this is, it's draining Michael, not possessing him. No mirrors in the house, Jack can't pass the saw circle around the house. He's clawed into the sidewalk around it, but nothing on the inside. This thing seems to be male. This thing likes to leave presents, dead animals, and they're starting to get bigger. The cat seemed to have his neck broken before it was thrown out the window. Drew said he's never dealt with a creature like this, but refuses to use the word demon loosely. He really wants to stress the goat eyes. He said that something tells him of its importance. He said it reminds him of an Allah or an ale, although they tend to be female. He said that it's listening and it's intelligent, but can't come into the house. And the longer Michael stays in there, the better he feels. He hasn't even mentioned Jack. He wonder if Jack is a real name, or a name he gave him. He thinks he attacks Michael because of Michael being abused and constantly losing father figures. We once stepped out of the circle together, and Jude somewhat hugged us, and nothing happened. We left his dog outside on a chain and couldn't pass the circle. The dog was grossing crazy outside. He yelped, and we ran out to a pile of dead birds and a dead and disfigured something else not sure what it was for a moment i thought it was a child but it wasn't the dog had a cut on his nose and june walked over to the bird and started cleaning up the mess he dug through the mess with plastic gloves he thinks it's another cat he noticed as his dog hunter fitting was trying to go to his owner and only made and only his nose made it over the circle he doesn't think it's relevant but i had an uncle jack that died a year ago he didn't like me very much when you go outside, you can feel him watching you. He stands in the backyard, Jude says, looking up at the upstairs guest bedroom where Michael and I first slept. It has long arms, or can fly. Creatures seem to be attracted to it. He said the animals must be going to it because he seems to have endless animals to kill. <laughs> the neighbors aren't too close. They have separated yards by quite some space. They haven't reported anything serious, as Jude says. They know that what he does, 
and they are cool. But the guys that are attached via the backyard called to find out what the screaming was about. We didn't hear any screaming. He said it sounded like a high-pitched wail with some growls and hisses. It went on for 3 or 4 a.m. straight. Hmm. He said when they mentioned it, it sounded like a cat and a human, but they couldn't figure it out. He thought of a banshee for a moment, but still, his head, but he still shook his head at the thought. When Michael grabbed my leg, it left residual pain, a vibration I still can feel occasionally. He said the teeth, goat eyes, and pale skin with sunken eyes are aware of importance. He said point and noses don't really matter, but he wanted to reiterate the fact. We need your help now, no sleep. He's going to do some research himself, but he says that Jack can't get in, and it's making him mad. We're all my demon hunters and paranormal people. We'll stay here and fight, if you arm us with knowledge. He said this is, isn't your run-of-the-mill haunting he's used to. You guys have been amazing to me, and many of have offered so much support. We're safe now, but we could use that help. What exactly are we dealing with? All right, first first question, is Jude going to die? Is Jude going to die? Do you think, I think... Jude in these types of be. things, you know, it, it almost seems to be like the uh, like the helpful, like comedic character usually bites the shit before the Do end. Do we not know that Jude is already like not possessed or whatever it is by this? Oh, Jude! Jude's just the standard run of the mill nerd who's in, so. who gets off to this shit. He keeps going outside and doing things, and he keeps coming back into. I think he's just got brass balls. Yeah, I think so. Um. I don't know. I think I think the Laughing Jack thing is very interesting. I think his powers are pretty cool. It is interesting that he can continue to find animals. Like, how do you, like, fill a room with 28 dead birds? Like, I can't even yeah. look outside and count 28 birds all yeah. at once, let alone find a bunch of cats, yeah. you know? But, you know, that's his supernatural powers. It's, I imagine him as, like, a Looney Tunes character who just keeps stretching his limbs in different Sweet. directions. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different, like, I was... I almost got like a first sense for like at the end of that, like almost like a kind of like a Wendigo. Oh, absolutely! I started getting yeah. like that kind of sense into it, and all of a sudden, yeah. like uh, the animals and the so uh, there's a lot of. I mean, there's there's so many different uh, backgrounds that are kind of being offered to this. That yeah, Wendigo is a vengeful spirit that, under terrible circumstances, had to consume human flesh at one point, and now they are cursed to forever roam the land, yeah. bringing terror and horror to anyone who stumbles upon their path. Who is to say that Michael did not bring this upon himself, you know? Who, who he had stumbled upon something and totally just, like, invited it into his being, you know? I don't know. Well, uh, do you think anyone's gonna die? Uh, I don't think anyone's gonna die. You don't think anyone's no. gonna die? I could see this being one of those, like, kinda friendly no-sleep stories where it's just like, and that's what happened. I like, Honestly, I think it's just gonna kind of have, like, a yeah, I still find the oddest thing about this entire story is I find out that she's just kind of shacking up some random guy named Jude. <laughs> that she so so okay, so let's go over it. You are from an abusive ex-marriage, sure. where your kid definitely saw some damage, and you probably saw some. Yeah. You date a guy for let's say a couple years yeah. who also has their own kid. Everyone seems to get along until the ghost happens. Yeah which even bikers can't make you feel better about. And then eventually your current beau loses their shit and wants you out so that they don't have to deal with probably them anymore. Probably because the 7,000 dead birds they probably have to clean up. Too many dead birds. Yeah. Yeah, I'd awesome. say after a while the smell would yeah, get to me. It's a little crazy. So yeah, fuck that. Uh, he's out. You have nowhere to go. You know your ex is looking for you. 
I don't know, I'd just buy another, well, she said she hadn't been to work. My idea was just like, just go buy another hotel room somewhere else. Yep. But like, you know, she had been vying for this fucking paranormal investigator for a while. I don't know, like, you don't think the little poltergeist lady would be like, oh, come to my house. Okay, so. My house is clear. <laughs> you know, like, I think she'd be like, come, yeah. come on in. <laughs> yeah. Come on over, y'all. Yeah. We're making sangria. Put a salt on them glasses for these margaritas. I love it. I think I think Jude's a good guy. I hope there isn't some douchey, douchey twist yeah. related to him, but you never know. Yep. Part six. You want to play games? Jack likes games. He really does. Jude realizes this now. Many of you, so smart and almost psychic yourself, mentioned things while Jude was one step ahead. Jack hates a lot of things being ignored. He lashes out with being ignored. He hates being mocked. He can't pass the salt, which Jude just informed me isn't just table salt. It, it's dead sea salt, whatever the fuck that is. And he mixes it with red brick dust before making the circle. He recircles his property daily. He can't tell if it's the salt or the dust causing him to stay behind it. It's apparently by random claw marks. Jack has circled the property. We salt it twice a day now. Dead sea salt. Dead sea salt. Jude and I have become pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut it. Not like that, really. He made us all necklaces. They're really like little pouch amulet thingies with lavender and some other stuff in them. You can't be too safe. Jude notices that Jack doesn't like unity. He almost feels like it's having a man around that does it. Jack likes the weak, like children and women who are going through crisis. There aren't any negative emotions allowed in this house. I'm not allowed to talk about R. Last night he came up with a plan. We were going to try to give Jack a gift, an offering if you will. He got creative. He went to the store and came back with a jack-in-the-box, three of them. He took them to the basement to edit them a bit. He loosened the handles so they were easier to play with. There was a little one, a female, and a male. Unity, he said. He wanted to uh, see what he'd do. It was a very lector thing of him. We placed the boxes along the salt line where Jack likes to sit and wait with a note in crayon. The note simply said, for Jack, he thinks this may open up communication. We put the boxes in a line, touching, with the smallest in the middle. It was to prove a point, stand our ground. We left them all night so we can get some sleep. We couldn't get some sleep as for some reason we heard pounding. We had no idea where it was coming from. Jude grabbed my hand and we looked around the house together, but still came up with nothing. He looked at me, shaking his head. He was at a loss. He's uncomfortable being at a loss. He's never experienced it before. Michael slept through the noise. He hasn't had much sleep lately. It was kind of crazy, though, because the pounding was at his window. Wind. We're stupid. I guess we're on edge. The wind was crazy, and it wouldn't stop. The trees were going crazy, but you could feel it on the windows. It howled through the house and almost sounded like groaning and crying. Then we got the call. Can you kill it or something? We can't sleep anymore. The guys next door were hearing the groans too. I can't control the wind, guy, Jude explained. Bro, his neighbor began. This shit isn't wind. We can't hear it, Jude said, looking at me with an eyebrow raise. 
Looks like you need to hire me too, Jude laughed. The, new, the neighbors didn't laugh. They hung up. Weird, he said to me before grabbing a flashlight and walking outside. Stay here, he said, holding up his hand to stop me from going anywhere. He took the flashlight and walked out to the backyard and stepped over the salt circle, and I watched him as he immediately covered his ears. He suddenly fell to the ground. I stood there in awe, watching him block invisible attacks. I've never seen anything like it. He put his arms up to grab at his face, quickly rose to his feet, and hopped over the circle, running back to the house. It's like a fucking siren, he said. Something is wailing out there, and I have no idea how to stop it. I noticed a cut on his lip and his face. He told me he was fine. I'm a mom. You're not fine. I grabbed some antibiotic ointment from under the bathroom sink. I told him to sit down, but he kept telling me he's fine. Sit down, I commanded. He sat. We were in the living room now. You should talk like that to Jack, he laughed. I sat down, I cleaned off his cheek and lip, I put on the antibiotic ointment on the scratch on his cheek and the scrape below his lip. I looked at him and he looked at me and he kissed me. Ooh, ooh, kissies. You should kiss Jack like that, he said. Just kidding. That was me. He immediately apologized, got up and walked outside to check on our gifts. The male was the only one pretty much left alone and it was thrown inside the salt, kind of like Jude was. The female box was destroyed, the actual Jack thrown into the trees and the box destroyed beyond recognition. The little one was gone. He came back inside with the paper still intact under the rock where Jude had left it, and it said, gonna get him. Jude knew the gifts wouldn't work, Jack wants to play games. Well, we're in here and he can't play. He wrote back in huge font, how? He placed it back outside with my pocket mirror he threw out when I first got here. I don't know why. He might not even know why. He doesn't know what this is, so he's trying everything. He apologized again for kissing me. He offered to hug it out, and of course I forgave him. We walked into the kitchen for a midnight snack. We were both hungry from not really eating. I made some potato skins. They were delicious, for the record. Jude was cleaning the dishes while I checked on Michael in our little guest room, and Michael was doing fine. I was coming down the stairs when I heard a crash of a dish breaking, and I began running to Jude, who was just staring out the kitchen window. Jude? He didn't respond for a minute. I saw him. What? Who? Jack! I saw him in the window! Was he inside? Not possible. Wow, I've seen a lot of ghosts, but that thing... He was fucking clear as day. I reacted to Jude cursing. He doesn't do that often. That thing couldn't have been human. No fucking way. He's too strong. Fuck, I mimicked, joking at him cursing. It was only then that he looked at me. That thing's a killer. His arms. He shook his head to process. His hands were at his feet. He wasn't slouching, but his arms were just unusually long. I've heard, I said. We need to find out his goal. That's what we have to do. Why does he need Mikey? I would have answered something like, I don't know, but he took off to the basement again. It was like something triggered him. He was on a mission. Michael came down in the commotion, saying that Jack kept calling his name outside and throwing rocks at his window. Just wanted some fucking potato skins, bro. You missed them. They were delicious. Yeah, Remember? Maybe you just wanted some. Put him in my room, I heard from the basement. His room was a bit odd. 
covered in symbols and random markings on the wall. Kind of like a room you'd assume a madman would have. Most of the symbols matched his tattoos. Still, I put Mikey in the king bed, and we watched TV until he fell asleep. I walked to the living room just as Jude emerged from the basement with a handful of books and some jars of stuff. I raised an eyebrow. He likes games, right? I nodded. Oh, we're gonna play. Spin the bottle. You have to kiss Jack. Yes, so. <laughs> oh, we're gonna play. In famous words is someone I hold close but will leave out for the emotions for you. Even though this man has done so much for me, when I say I love him, I'm scared I might mean it. I've never seen Jude so determined the entire time I've known him. He would stop for a moment only to check on us while he worked on his divine plan in the basement. He went to the store earlier. He didn't tell me what he had bought, but I knew it was under those sheets. He didn't even bring them inside. This isn't my first rodeo. I cooked his meals, not because he asked me to, but because I was so involved he probably wouldn't eat. He emerged from the basement and grabbed my hand in excitement. I'd never been down there before. It was like a cave of misfit scares. Old dolls and creepy machines, a full bookshelf and one large desk. The walls were lined in a shiny metal that the perimeter was salted like the outside. He opened a pocket mirror. I instantly turned away. No, 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 look, Jude said, one hand on my back lured me to the desk. The pocket mirrors were etched with symbols. We're gonna find out what this guy's all about, grin spread on his face, and then we're gonna kill it. The mirrors were shown across his desk. He pointed at random mirrors, explaining their etchings. Curse, demon, witchcraft, he began. What if he's just some ghost? I asked. He's not, Jude replied, grabbing the mirrors in his arms. What if he's a tulpa, or something brought on by my psychotic ex? I love tulpas. Look me dead in the eye, then we'll kill him. He kissed my forehead and began upstairs, and I saw him in a place at the mirrors outside the salt. I had no idea what the plan was, but I liked it. Jude came inside, needing to make more salt. He came from the basement, salt in hand, and began outside. The fuck? The fuck? I heard I walked outside. Did you touch these? I shook my head. Did you touch these? <laughs> nice, Jack, he said, walking inside. He put his arms out on the kitchen island, shaking his head. What? I asked. He took the mirrors. It didn't work. He's playing with me. Jude stroked his beard. Okay, he said. I'm good at games. He went outside, propping up a full-length mirror inside the circle, surrounded by its own salt circle. It was dark. He sat outside and stared at nothing. Show me what you've got. It took only moments for the mirror to shake, and I watched from the upstairs window in the guest room where Michael slept. Jude went around to the mirror and looked at the mirror. Wow, past the salt and everything. I'm impressed. Can do it again, though. I heard a very familiar laugh. Game on. Once again, Jude laid salt. A double circle this time, and Emily revealed another full-length mirror. Can you do it, Jackie? The mirror began to shake, and Jude smiled the biggest grin I've ever seen. He leaned over the salt and put his hands on the mirror, staring directly into it. Where are my pocket mirrors, Jack? He stepped away for a moment until he heard the crack of a pocket mirror beneath his foot. And Jack laughed again. Jude turned his head to look at him. Just one. Suddenly, as he stepped away, two pocket mirrors came out of nowhere, whipped Jude right in the back of the head. Jude laughed, and Jack laughed harder. I was actually worried. I thought, like, he'd, like, crush the glass into, like, shards and yeah. chuck them at Jude, and it would, like, cut them all up and shit. Instead of just being a game. Yeah, I thought he... Uh, I mean, I think I think Laughing Jack is smart enough to know that he's being played with, and I think he's also smart enough to know that, like, if he has a chance to kill this fucker, to take it. Yeah. So. Okay, Hotshot, can you do this? Took a full-length mirror and put it in front of this first full-length. Merely inches apart. He wiped his sweat from his brow and looked at Jack's mirror. He lit a cigarette and pointed to the mirrors. Can you do that? Both mirrors shook one more than the other. 
he quickly flicked the cigarette, kicked it and broke the mirror Jack had come from, and pushed the two mirrors together. He had duct tape on his belt and quickly taped the mirrors face side in together. The mirrors were shaking rapidly, and I could see Jude struggle a bit. I wasn't going to interrupt us asking if he needed help. Watching him at work was exciting, for lack of better words. He grabbed the salt jar and throwing the mirrors on the grass. Didn't break it, but he doused them in salt and brick. I heard Jack yell and scream. Jude picked up some lavender and began throwing it at the mirror, randomly yelling, Do you like that? And the stuff of like, I snorted. He's funny. Game over, bitch, he yelled, speeding on the mirrors. And I heard a groan, and I heard her, I heard forced words. I'll still get him. He was weak, just like Jack. I ran into his arms as he came to the house. I checked his head for an injury, but only found a tiny lump. I hugged him tightly. Is it over? I don't know. I've never done anything like that before. He, like, trapped him between the ears. It's really yeah. interesting. Jack's groan echoes throughout the night. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Judy Dale. I think my foul mouth is rubbing up on him. We checked in Michael and then lay in bed. He grabbed my hand. Do you believe in God, he asked. I shrugged and sighed. Now would be a good time to pray. Jack wailed all night. Sometime around four, he became quiet. And Jude smiled. I wasn't sure. Jack, quiet, meant something bad. Was it the end? Was the beginning of something else? I sighed. Dear God, or whatever. Jude was proud. He felt like he was a superhero. He was. Pride radiated off him, and he felt strong. He kissed my forehead, checked Reddit on my phone, smiled, and said, So when are you going to give him the update? <laughs> so when are you going to give him the update? Alright, this is the last part. This is an ending statement for the followers of my son's imaginary friend. In the words of Jude, it's over. I think it's finally over. I tell myself that at least, PMA and all that. Keeping everything mentally positive, keeping things normal, trying to keep everyone happy, I'd like to think I do an okay job. I read your comments, so let's visit that night again. When I went out, I initially had no idea what the plan of attack was. I didn't know until I actually spotted the pocket mirrors what I was looking for. I didn't know until Jack started playing what to do. I, it sort of uh, came to me in a way. When my pocket mirrors went missing, I was, well, I was pissed. Although I hear I hide it well, I was completely at a loss. I thought to myself, well, what the fuck do I do now? I was mad. I was confused. I was lost. I wanted to beat that asshole at his own game, and that's when I knew what to do with the full-length mirrors. I tried one at first because I honestly didn't know if it would work with the salt and what have you. I did have a strong hunch, though. You'll never catch a mirror in my house. No mirrors, no cameras, no dolls, and no unprotected, predetermined, haunted memorabilia. I'm serious. Ask, well, Kimmy, I guess, but it's true. The salt circle around the mirrors, I'm sure I don't have to explain, so I won't. When Jack first caught on and jumped into the first mirror, well, I think my grin was bigger than his. For those of you wondering, yes, you can see him in the mirrors, but I kept a calm face. <laughs> now how big are my balls? <laughs> Smiley face emoji. I instantly knew what I was going to try to accomplish the second I saw that bastard. So I let him think he was winning, getting dinged in the head by the pocket mirrors hurt, but later. The adrenaline helped with that. When he actually jumped between the mirrors and I taped them up, I had no idea if it would work. I let them sit under salt for a day before deciding what to do with them. Kimmy and I ended up asking my neighbor to wake, uh, to watch Michael. 
for a few hours overnight while we took Jack to a nice little abandoned factory a few miles from home. The place is deteriorating. I wrote directly on them about what they contained, and it took us in half an hour to dig a hole six foot deep. I didn't want her to help. Kim has had numerous back surgeries. Her life story is pretty interesting, actually, but she persisted. We dug a moat about four or five inches deep around it, too, uh, to add a permanent salt circle. In the end, we were there about three hours, and that's where we left him, hopefully to rot. I would have covered that thing in fucking cement or something, you know? Now for the rest of this stuff I know you're all curious about. Have we heard from Jack? No, thank God. No laughs, no music, nothing. What about Kimmy and I? Well, they are living here. No help? Yes, we're dating. Is everything okay now? I don't know. All I do know is that Kimmy was able to go out with me, yes, on a date, you goofs, without getting attacked and without any dead animals. It's refreshing. I haven't seen her smile like that, well, ever. The day after we buried Jack, weird things have continued to happen inside the house. Kimmy woke up with all her fingernails cut off and left on a neat pile on the nightstand. She didn't do that. I know because she shook me up yelling at me asking if I did that. What normal human would do that? I can't explain that one. Also, while she worked upstairs and Michael and I played downstairs, the bathroom light likes to go on and off. Also, and yes, this has happened to me too, you can look out the window catching your reflection, but your eyes are someone else's. Or you might see someone else when you look out the window. I don't know what to make of it, especially since Jack didn't seem to be able to come inside. Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe she's cursed. Maybe she needs a few tattoos of her own. For your information, this is Kimmy posting what Jude has written. He's read it illiterate. Read illiterate. He can reply pretty damn well, but he kind of sucks at this game. From Kimmy. As you read, we have no idea if there will be an end, or more updates, or what have you. What I can say is that if you subscribe to backslash imaginary Jack, you'll know all about it. The surprise, well, Jew said if we win the September contest that he'll pay for publication. Yeah, we're gonna publish this bad boy for you all like you wanted. Epic, right? I thought so. Visit the Imaginary Jack subreddit for more information. Yep. We're now giving him a shout out. Vote here. Thank you all for being by my side this whole time. I literally couldn't have done it without you. I felt like you deserved one last update to let you know about what's going on and where to go for more information. The three of us love each and every single one of you and couldn't have done it without your support. As far as this weird stuff continuing to happen, I have no idea. Maybe I'm cursed. Maybe Jude's house isn't as spirit-free as he's let on. Maybe Jack has friends. I have no idea. All I know is thank you. If you really want to see it in a book, vote. You have 24 hours. Until you die, just kidding. Love you all. Um, I do appreciate a good no sleep that kind of like integrates with its audience and like mm -hmm. gets people involved. Like I've seen a bunch of them where people are just like, OP, what happens next? Even though it's like all predetermined sure. and like nothing they say really matters. Mm -hmm. I'd like to think that the author is smart enough to like pre-write the section and then just go back and like add in a couple usernames and be like, like you said on Reddit, like, you mm -hmm. know, shit like that. But, um, I gotta say, it doesn't carry over to the podcast very well, so I skip a lot of that shit. Um, all in all, it's a fun, fun little story. I feel very, um, it feels very Hollywood. Yep. It feels very, um, like I felt like I was watching Conjuring 2 with the nun, <laughs> you know? There's a lot of stories called, um, like, I, at one point I feel like I was, we thought that the Michael might be getting possessed. That's more of a 
uh, what do you call it? Insidious. It had a little Insidious, bit. Insidious, right. A little vibe yeah. there going on there. At one point, they were talking about Wendigos. You know, at a little point, they talked about something like Crooked Man from The Conjuring. Like, it almost basically looked like they started just banging out every movie from The every Conjuring. Every popular universe. stereotype yeah, from, from uh, James yeah. Wan's yeah, and Pretty much. Literally, the only, that's, literally the only thing they didn't all. really touch on was, like, the paranormal activity. But, like, even then, it was, like, the cabinet's still open. That's that's yeah. straight sixth sense yeah. right there. Um, it's interesting. It, it, it definitely played to its favors. It played to its strong suits. Um, I suppose if you have a ghost, what, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. I, I really, I genuinely, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. I just really wanted to read a story about, like, a creepy fucking kid with sure. you. Yeah. Because you know how I feel. Yeah, just, just listeners, go back and listen to all the other five fucking episodes because I, I make him read stories about this shit all the time whenever I'm with him. When we're not bitching about Game of Thrones, um, you can you can listen to probably seven or eight hours of uh, of us yelling about clowns and darkness and children. It's a, it's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mind the story at all. You know, it's just it was. It's it's hard when you you're reading a story that's that's written by somebody because. One, it's written by something, so you're basically only experiencing things as they can tell them. You yeah. Know? So you're getting as much information as they provide. You know. So yeah. That's, that's and specifically that's something as operated yeah. as this and one. Kind of, this one felt lived in. You yeah. know, like and it's like, like, and this is happening, and this is what happened next, and yeah. this is what happened, and like that's nice and all so like, for a procedural. But so like, like she went from she went from. She was dating the the guy R to within Randy. a day, like basically just now she was living with Jude, but basically the same day because she got basically booted from R's house, moved right into it to do with Jude. And, love, love at first sight. Yep, yeah, and then there was no, but there's no time frame to that. Like we don't know how long that's they were true. At Jude's house. Like from the we way we also don't know how long she got haunted with with exactly. R. Um, we don't know if it was months. We don't know if it was years. We don't know if it was days. Like all we know is that. When you read it like this, it feels like days. It could have been weeks. Yeah. I feel like she literally just showed up to Drew's house and like four days later. And they were like, I can fix this. Let's fuck. (laughs) They were like like kissing and shit. And like, it's like, what's going on here? Like, it felt very Hollywood. It did. It felt very, it felt very stereotypical. That's not to say it was bad. I think Laughing Jack is fun. I don't assume like that this is the, like, he even referenced the creepypasta, so obviously Laughing Jack is from something else. But this story is kind of like saying, like, oh, well, you know how you capture Laughing Jack? You just, like, sandwich two mirrors together. He's like, okay, I guess. What, what is, what is what if, to you? What if he breaks the mirrors? <laughs> so I thought. Well, like, why would you put the mirror in somewhere like that can get, like, dug out, you know? Bury him at the bottom of the lake or something like that. Somewhere you never gonna. I would just say put him at the bottom of your own house. It's a, I'm I'm the type of person who's like it's better left watched and monitored yeah. Yeah. than somewhere else somewhere with the ability to come back. Yeah. Like yeah, no thanks. 100%. No thanks. What's, I would have I would have put those two frames in like a, a safe. Yeah. And kept the safe locked gotcha. in my basement. What's scary to you? Like an apparition, like smiling Jack, or more of like an apparition, like uh, a past person. Because something like Smiling Jack is very broad and can be interpreted in like many different Yeah, fashions. Jack I mean, Jack is a um, a creature. Well, as opposed to... Jack is a creature. He's not so much a ghost. 
as opposed to like he operates like a ghost like that's an apparition not that is specifically yeah. where you are at for a reason or in the area where you're at for a reason yeah you're basically asking me am I more afraid of the thing from the first Insidious movie yeah. or am I afraid of the thing from the Conjuring movie no, I'm asking you more afraid what are you more afraid of are you afraid of the, the lady in black or are you more afraid of the, the monster the tiptoe through the tulips yeah well, that old lady gets to like the part of me that wants to crumble and cry. So, like, I, I will always That's say that that shit. that old woman. They even like yeah. James Wan even hired the same woman from Dead Silence, yeah. which he also produced, because yeah. she got that w- wicked smile. Man, she's just terrifying. That's because it's at. a dude. No, it's a woman. That's dude. No, that's a woman. It's I dude. swear to God, I saw her in. Um, she was in a TV show recently. Um, they did an adaptation of uh, Joe Hill's book about uh, Nosferatu. She was in the Nosferatu show. That that old that old actress who does the the lady the old lady in black. Yeah, Are you sure? Yeah, I'll oh. even I'll even prove it to you because I watched that on AMC a little while ago. Um, Nosferatu show. This is a this is a serious moment now. Cast. And she plays Judith Anna Roberts. Got her. Aw, sneaky. That is definitely the lady in black. (laughs) She got got the face of nightmares. Yep. Judith Anna Roberts. No, that's not a dude. Damn. See, look. It's even her with with little Henry from... uh, from Dead Silence, which is like one of my favorite movies. I, I, I gotta admit, I love I love when people fuck with me when it comes to... I am telling to... you that this guy, Phil Friedman, played her. Oh, maybe in the first Insidious. Yeah. But they had... Um... You're talking about the one from Dead Silence, and I'm saying that the lady in black from Insidious it's is because actually they a dude. D- it's because they did get her to play him in... Um... In the second one. So we're both actually right. We're actually both right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is which is weird. Yeah. Little weird. But it is the base off the same character, the lady in black. Yeah, that's a dude. Phil Friedman. From the first Insidious movie. From the first Insidious movie. Yeah. Okay, so that doesn't look like what I remember. I feel like I feel like this chick I feel like was in the second one. I feel like he wasn't he wasn't um the character wasn't so prevalent that you didn't have to have an actor that could actually form a almost like a you know a character you know it was basically just walk really creepily in a straight line actually you you are you are so right she is not an insidious it's just dude. he just looks a lot like, like her. her. But I feel like for how crazy for Dead that? Silence, I'm actually wrong. For Dead Silence, they had to create the character, so they brought in an actress. So they got an actress play. to do it. Yeah. Whereas for Insidious, it was just something creepy that they wanted to show. Yeah. Um, I swear to God, every time I've watched Insidious, I thought it was that actress. Yeah. Because it has the same smile. It's really close. It's really fucking yeah. close. She really does look like really. I mean, she really oh, does yeah. look like just like they look just like each other. They look just it. like each other. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And and see, I always put the connection together yeah. because James James Wan has done Saw, yeah. James Wan has done Dead Silence, and James Wan has done The Conjuring yeah. yeah. and Insidious. Like I've I've just I've just assumed 
Yeah. That he's he's doing a wink wink nod nod to, to something scary from yeah. his own universe. Right. Yeah. So that's why I assumed, but fuck, like I'm actually wrong. I um I always thought the Mary Shaw actress was the, the old woman that you see smiling at the end of uh of the first movie. That's very interesting. Yep. Very interesting. A interesting. To learn yeah. that that was a man. It's a man, the it's a man it's a baby. Oh, well, this has been a fun episode. Uh, Scotch, it is always a pleasure to have you, my friend. It's always my pleasure. Thanks for always oh, having thank me. you. Thank it's you, pleasure sir. Pleasure for me to have you on. Um, this, this has been Lots of Pasta, episode 178. Um, uh, if I had any uh, advice uh, garnered from this story, it is... Uh, it is uh, flock to the nerds who know everything, because uh, chances are they will save your life. Um, if there's any single distressed mothers out there, contact me. I will protect you, because I am a single nerd who lived in a haunted house. Um, and then I will also say, uh, smash all your mirrors. Yeah. Fuck mirrors. It actually helps with your um, your self-respect and your uh, your attitude, and like you know, you judge yourself yeah. less. Fuck mirrors, man. Mirrors are not necessary. You could uh, you could fix your hair uh, on the way to work using also, your, uh, using your uh, side view. Just fuck your kids. Just kick them out. Just kick and them out. Just stay inside. If your and kids watch. get haunted, yeah. Just stay inside and watch. Drop Mandy. them in the fire. <laughs> stay inside and watch Mandy and uh, Hannibal. Right. Just, just kick your kids outside. Kick your kids out. Yeah, uh, so you're not illegally allowed to do that. That's where they get you. So you're not legally allowed to do yes, that. But if you kick them out and they just if, they, if you kick them out and they just kind of disappear, then you can just say they left. So. Oh, plausible deniability. I like it. I like was well. He just got he got his suitcase and he said, "Dad, I'm done with your yeah, shit." And he hit a, the road, Jack. Said, "All right, bud." And don't you come yeah. back no more, no more, no more, no more. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, that was uh, Scott. McGee's advice uh, just kick your kick your kids outside <laughs> leave if you have children leave them yeah. abandon them Netflix is better <laughs> I love it away to the days and when the moon is high Atlanta till we stand at the shore.